was good y'all welcome back to the playmakers corner podcast this is episode 303 and we have your colorado girls high school flag football recap on this episode we decided to make it its separate episode there's just a lot to talk about here we sent guys to every single regional here in the state this past weekend uh that was october 7th 2023 by the way uh and so let me go ahead and explain how this worked here this last weekend and then we'll get into recaps and stuff later so all 50 to 60 girls high school flag football teams in the state got separated into four different regions here uh regional tournaments here and basically how it worked what i believe it worked is that it's based off of the records of these teams during the regular season uh through all the jamborees they went to all over the state and the metro area for the most part and so that's how they went ahead and did the seating here and separated teams into different regions so there you go that's what went down and then basically in these regional tournaments the final or i guess the top four slash final four teams would go ahead and punch their ticket to the state finals tournament where they would get a chance to play for potentially the state championship which will happen at the broncos training uh, facility i believe it's the pat bolin facility to be more specific there which will happen this upcoming saturday that will be october 14th in the morning i assume and just going all day there but the top four teams in each regional would go ahead and qualify for that uh, you had a couple teams who had buys. I think the top two teams in each region had buys, and then the rest played it out there, or from there, I should say. So that's kind of how that went down. How we did this is that I went to the Region 1 tournament. I, as in Coach V, went to that Region 1 tournament over at half, or not halftime help, excuse me, Echo Park Stadium in Parker, Colorado. So I attended that one and we'll be recapping that one first. Over at Region 2 was Gino Vio. Uh, he was over at Regis Jesuit High School Stadium. So, you know, go ahead and if you want to just check out specific regionals, you can as well. Timestamps should be in the descriptions of these episodes or of this episode here so there you go gino he was at the regis jesuit regional that's region two at region three was cody he was at halftime help over in highlands ranch so he covered that one and then at region four was gideon he was at trailblazer stadium i want to say littleton maybe lakewood i don't quite remember what city that's in but still the denver metro area there so there you go there we will basically split up this episode four different ways here recapping that stuff so we'll have a quick maybe not super quick but a regional recap where we talk about all the games leading up into the championship game and then the championship game should have its own recap you got to remember there's only one of us one of us at each of these regionals and so for the majority of the day we were watching at least three games so if there are things we've missed and whatnot you know please give us some grace there regardless we know who moved on uh also 
some of us had a little bit more help. Shout out to the Broncos. Uh, but some of us had a little bit more help than others when it came to rosters and scores and stuff like that. So for me, for example, I wasn't able to get my hands on rosters or scores. So unfortunately, I have very limited information. Uh, I think Gideon has the most information when it comes to that stuff. So if you have rosters, especially of players and teams that will be going to that state finals, please send it over if you already, uh, if you haven't already, that is. We have had a lot of teams send them over. But, you know, if you haven't, make sure you send that over so that we could properly recap them when we do our recap of that state finals tournament here on the 14th. That episode will come out on Wednesday as well uh, next week. So just keep that in mind. Without further ado, though, let me go ahead and hop into this regional one recap. Okay, so to start this one, uh, we're going to start with the Regional 1 here, or Region 1 tournament over at Echo Park Stadium in Parker, Colorado. Um, it was a pretty good day, by the way, so it was a good time there. A lot of the teams here, actually, that I got to cover, I personally got to see play sometime during the regular season, if not multiple times, so I'm relatively familiar with a lot of these groups, but... Let's go ahead and start with round one here. Uh, or actually here, before we start with round one, let me go ahead and read off how this bracket was set up. So the two teams with buys, and we're obviously on opposite sides of the bracket, was Arvada West Black, Arvada West Black, who, by the way, went to state last year and lost just narrowly there. And then you have Legend Navy, a first-year program. Um, but... Regardless, making some noise, doing their thing over there, they earned themselves a buy on the other side. So those two would automatically be in a game where they are waiting for a team to win and move up. And if they won that game, uh, those teams on buys, then they would move on and basically be or have themselves a spot in the state finals. So that means they would only have to win one game to get themselves into the state finals. And obviously, if you lose, you are done. But on the Arvada West, Arvada West Black side, here's how it went. We have Denver West versus North Glen, Mountain Vista JV versus Chaparral Navy, Denver East versus Elizabeth. Uh, the winner of Denver West versus North Glen would go ahead and play Arvada West Black. And then obviously, those other two games, those other two matchups, the winners of those would play each other. Then on the other side, the legend side of the bracket. So you have Vista Peak and Lakewood. Uh, spoiler alert, but I guess Lakewood just didn't show up. Or maybe they canceled or forfeited. Either way, they didn't show up for their game. So Vista Peak automatically went on to go ahead and play legend here for a spot in the state finals tournament so that's how that ended up and then the other two matchups here that would go on here we have chaparral v i want to say that's varsity could be wrong though it says chaparral v here that against ponderosa so some parker rivals playing it out over there and then we have ellicott versus littleton on the other side the winner of uh, that game would play obviously the winner of the parker battle and then play the winners um, on this side of the bracket and so forth and so forth. So that's how it's set up. I'll try to refer this to as much as possible, um, but also you can find these brackets on our Instagram and social medias in general at Playmakers Corner if you want to follow along. But let me go ahead and hop into it. Let's go ahead and start on the legend side of the bracket. Ellicott versus Littleton here. Here's how it went down to start. Nifty moves by Ellicott's number 10. She catches this ball and then reverses 
Fields. Uh, so she catches it on a slant and then basically reverses Fields for a huge touchdown to make it 6-0 early here in this first half. The PAT is no good. It's incomplete there. So there you go. Now, not too much happens here until the very end. And I wasn't sure about this play, but Littleton at the end, like basically at the I want to say last couple of seconds of the first half would call a double pass here and it would go for a huge 30 yard touchdown play to tie it at six to six. But it looks like that they waved it off. There might have been some sort of penalty or whatever. So they went ahead and went into halftime with um, Ellicott leading six to zero. Following that, Ellicott, to start the second half, will get a huge pick six by number 14, their stud, who returns it to the house. That would give them the lead here, 12-0, uh, to zero, if not 12-6, to six, if that one counted, but I don't think they went forward the PAT, so it's 12-6. to six. And then, they would go ahead and throw this pass to the back of the end zone. I couldn't see who it was. It wasn't number 14, but they throw it to the back of the end zone to give them a 13-0 lead. <clears throat> Following that, though, the struggle was for Littleton on offense just continued. Ellicott would get another big interception by number 14, her second of the day there. But unfortunately, they would not be able to do too much. Littleton, again, would run. An, it looks like another double pass play, or maybe it was a double handoff play, and then it ended up being a pass. But unfortunately, and it would go for a touchdown, but unfortunately, illegal motion would bring it back there. So that's what would happen. But then the Littleton quarterback would go ahead and get a nice run that would put them past midfield. Not quite into the red zone, but definitely past midfield with a fresh set of downs. She would then throw a nice slant over the middle. Rifled this one in between tight coverage to put them in the red zone. But Ellicott's defense holds strong here. They play really good defense, forcing a bunch of incompletions and would end up winning this game. They would go on and play the winner of that Chaparral versus Pondo game. Um, but before we go into that, let's hop to the other side of the bracket here. We have Mountain Vista JV versus Chaparral Navy here. And this is the really interesting part that I found. But that uh, quarterback, number two for Mountain Vista, who I've been praising all season. You could go ahead and check the other episodes that we have and check the girls' high school flag football recaps. I've been praising her. I think she's an excellent prospect. She's the starting quarterback on the JV team, which is interesting to say the least. Not trying to stir up controversy, but definitely interesting to say the least here. But she would go to work in this game against Chaparral Navy. Number two here would go ahead and open it up with a nice passing touchdown to a wide open receiver to give them the 6-0 lead. Then she would rifle it to number 11 to make it 7-0. Chaparral would have a solid drive, but it would end up with them throwing an interception in the end zone, unfortunately. And Mountain Vista would go ahead and capitalize. Number two finds number four here on the hitch for Mountain Vista, who goes ahead it makes a couple people miss and makes it 13 to 0 um that was a really long drive there but making it 13 to 0 uh it, originally they would get the pat but i think there was a penalty throw on mountain vista so it was waved off and no good and then after that not too much happened in the second half here both teams would trade interceptions number two through kind of a tough one uh to chaparral and then chaparral would gift them back a interception 
But eventually, Mountain Vista would get the ball and they would drive down the field, get past midfield here thanks to some nice throws, and then would hand it off for a rushing touchdown to make it 19 to 0. At that point, that game is over. Mountain Vista JV moving up here. Um, and they will play the winner of this Denver West versus Elizabeth game, which I'm going to talk about right now. And sorry, not Denver West, Denver East versus Elizabeth game, which I'll talk about right now. So here we go. This Denver East Elizabeth game in the first round. Here's what happens. East will get a touchdown by number five. They're their uh, stud receiver, giving them the early 6-0 lead. PAT is no good, though. Elizabeth would find number 13, who makes a lot of people miss. Just breaking ankles, making something happen, and gets a huge 20-plus yard touchdown, tying it at 6-6. Six to six. The PAT, unfortunately, is no good there, so it stays at 6-6. Six to six. And after that, it's kind of a struggle. Both teams would basically take turns punting here um just not too much going trying to play it safe and so going into the second half it was six to six here now Lisbeth would start this one with a huge interception uh almost returned for a touchdown but she was stopped just short in the red zone then on fourth down a nice throw to number 16 of Elizabeth gives them the 12 to 6 lead the PAT is good uh, it was crazy because it was originally deflected but a receiver caught it so it would be 13 to 6 there then Denver East would respond with a big pass play that would put them in the red zone but they are not able to do too much they're just really good flag pulling by elizabeth in the red zone to shut that down on fourth down they would throw it they would find a wide open receiver but it was too low and so that's a turnover on downs elizabeth would then run out the rest of the clock and win to move on they would go on to play mountain vista jv in the second round and remember that's the side that obviously the winner of those two games will play the winner of that arvado west versus the winner of winner excuse me of denver denver west versus north glen speaking of denver west versus north glen let's talk about this one a first round matchup the winner playing arvado west black here here's what happens uh this was a very exciting game north glen will get a nice receiving touchdown to number two making it six to zero then a pat to number thirty three would make it seven to zero uh, there so boom there you go there North Glen would continue to pile it on a nice passing touchdown from number 18 to her receiver makes it 13 to 0 but the PAT is no good now let's fast forward to the second half here Denver West not really being able to do too much here just struggling to move the ball but their defense tightening up after those first two touchdowns and West would start with the ball in the second half but a huge interception here by number four of North Glen here goes ahead and gives them the ball with the chance to end this game pretty early. They're already up 13 to zero, but this is what happens next. Uh, Denver West would force a turnover in the red zone there and get the ball back and then throw it deep to number seven who makes a, a big play here and puts them in the red zone. Following that, number seven is handed off the ball on the sweep right and she makes it 13 to 6 there, cutting into this lead here in the second half. Now, the PAT is no good, so that's where the um, margin stops there, or cutting into the margin stops there. But West would eventually get the ball back late in this game, and I mean late in this game. There's, it's under two minutes, I want to say. And so here's what happens 13 to 6, West on the roll here. They go ahead and throw it deep to number seven, who puts them at midfield. That's a big chunk play that gets them going there. 
but North Glenn's defense holds strong, and so they eventually force a turnover on downs after four unsuccessful plays there. Now, here is what happens. Number 18, it looks like, goes ahead and is about to ice the game, and she gets a long run, scrambles here, and gets past the midfield, but it looks like there's a penalty here, and here is what happens. They bring it back, and then on the next play, she throws it, and it's just a bad interception, just a bad decision here. And she, the defender, almost houses it for a touchdown, but the quarterback, luckily enough, is just barely able to get her flag. And so in a crazy turn of events, North Glen went from running out the clock to now playing defense in the red zone west with four downs here and a solid amount of time to get it done. First play here, it would be an incompletion. Second play was a handoff to number eight, and she almost scores here, but she is stopped right on the one. Following that, number 11 of West, their quarterback, finds number 25 on the slant there. Tough throw, tough catch, clutch catch to make it 13-12. to 12. Following that, on the extra point, she goes right back to number 25 and on the slant. And then she hands it off, a little hook and ladder here to number 8, who walks in for the PAT. And I believe making, making it 13-13. to 13 at this point here at this point we are definitely under a minute left here now there's a long conversation <laughs> that happened after this between the coaches and refs originally i thought they're just going to ot but they started too far for that to happen they basically started where they usually would in ot i believe it is kind of like college rules where they have four downs to score so there you go there but north glenn they have the ball it is tied right now they have a chance to win it here is what happens number 18 of north glenn with the heroics she is rushed and so she takes off makes a lot of people miss and she's rushing downfield about to score here but is stopped just short north glenn though gets a huge chunk play of about 30 40 yards from their quarterback number 18 so they hurry to the line and following that she goes ahead and drops back and throws a dot over the middle here. Right between the linebackers. Touchdown, North Glen. They retake the lead. They also get the extra point here eventually, making it 20-13 to 13 here. Um, unfortunately for Denver West, all they could do is try to throw it as far as they could, but it is incomplete. And so North Glen endures and survives and moves on after an exciting game a lot of props by the way to denver west they really scrapped here but north glenn they did what they had to do they stayed tough stuck to the script and they won also big props to number 18 with the heroics there just a great athlete making play after play to keep their season alive so there you go north glenn moving on to the next round here so with that being said, North Glen will go ahead and play Arvada West Black in the next round. Mountain Vista JV will be playing Elizabeth in the next round. And the winner of that one will play the winner of Arvada West and North Glen. Then on the other side of the bracket, I don't believe we are quite done yet. Sorry, we had one more round one game here. And that was against Chaparral V versus Pondo Ponderosa. A battle of Parker teams. And this is basically how it went. Number 21 for Chaparral, their quarterback gets a huge pick six 
or sorry, not number 20. That's not their quarterback. That's one of their better athletes. She gets a huge pick six that puts them up 6-0. PAT makes it 7-0. Now, Chaparral V's quarterback is actually number 22. She would find number 23 on a huge touchdown down the right sideline, making it 13-0. PAT would be no good. Following that, Chaparral just kept getting stops here. And so basically, this is just them getting three and outs and then scoring off of those three and outs. After another three and out, they would go ahead and hand it off to number one on the sweep. That would put them in the red zone. But unfortunately, they would stall out there. Ponderosa playing good defense. But it would not matter. Eventually, Chaparral would stop Pondo and get the ball back. And then number 22, going back to work, finds number 23 wide open again down the sideline to go ahead and make it... I want to say make it 13 or 19 to 0 at this point. I think I miswrote here. I said 13 to 0, but that's definitely 19 to 0. So there you go there. Um, well, 20 to 0 because then she would throw the slant to number 13 to make it 20 to 0. Following that, they would get another stop and number 22 uh, throwing her, I want to say, fourth touchdown of the game to number 17 would make it 26 to 0. I think PAT is good as well. So it's 27 0 here as Chaparral V takes care of Ponderosa pretty quickly here to move on and go ahead and play. I want to say Ellicott in the next round for a chance to go to the state finals tournament or at least qualify for that. And then, like I said, Vista Peak, Lakewood, uh, Lakewood would forfeit. So Vista Peak would automatically go on and play Legend in the second round here. All right. Now, in these games, I believe the winners of these uh, games I'm about to talk about here in round two would go ahead and punch their spot into the state finals tournament. So whoever wins here, the top four teams who win here in this regional in the second round, if they win, they move on to state regardless of what happens after uh, this game here. So there you go there. Let's go ahead and start since I already mentioned them here. Let's talk about Legend versus Vista Peak here. Uh, Legend, like I said, having a bye. Vista Peak basically also having a bye. They didn't play Lakewood, but they just warmed up for a really long time. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, number four, their quarterback for Legend, the one who I said has a little bit of a Philip Rivers throwing motion. She was on fire this game. Uh, to start, she would lead a beautiful drive and throw it to the back of the end zone. Threading the needle, it's number 32, toe taps it in and puts them up 6-0. Unfortunately, PAT is no good here, but no worries there. Legend forcing the 3 and out quickly would get the ball back. And then number 4, once again, throws it deep, this time to number 22 of Legend here. She is wide open, and she walks it in, making it 12-0. PAT is no good, as it is thrown out of bounds here. And also, by the way, the vibes on this Legend sideline going crazy, and some good supporters on this uh on the sides of the field as well for legend so all the momentum going their way now vista peak would go ahead and respond back with a nice touchdown in the back of the end zone themselves making it 12 to 6 but it looks like the pat is no good unfortunately for vista peak legends number four was not done yet orchestrated another nice drive taking what's there and then eventually scrambling to go ahead and put them in the red zone right after that play though number four drops back throws another beautiful throw to the back of the end zone uh basically on back-to-back -back drives here last one 
to 32 here, or this one would be on uh, 232 here. That would give Legend the 19 to 6 lead, as the PAT is also good on that one. So there you go there, Legend leading 19 to 6. Their offense looking unstoppable. Defensively, they did allow that one touchdown um, in the first half, but that was just a good Vista Peak touchdown there. Other than that, they've really locked up. Now, in the second half, Legend gets a huge pick on the third play of the second half, and they would not quite get it into the end zone, but they would start in the red zone. And number four for Legend once more goes ahead and goes to work, gets her fourth passing touchdown of the game. Throws it here, threads the needle to the back of the end zone, just going to work, golly. The amount of accuracy she has here and was throwing with was absolutely special. But she would give them the 25-6 lead, well really the 26-6 lead after the PAT was good. At this point, this game was basically over here. I think Vista Peak would score one more touchdown in garbage time, but Legend would start rotating in their other players to get a chance here to get some playing time and all that stuff. But regardless, first-year program legend punches their way into the state finals tournament. That is huge. And they will go to the next round of the playoffs playing the winner of Chaparral versus Ellicott. I want to say here, let me just be sure here. They will play the winner of Chaparral V versus Ellicott. So there you go there speaking of this game let's go ahead and talk chaparral versus elica here like i said whoever wins this one gets a spot in the state finals tournament in oct or sorry on october 14th here and so here is what happens number 12 of chaparral it looks like it was a little bit of a toss play here uh a run pass play that's not it's not an rpo but they toss it to number 12 and then she throws it to number six um that would go ahead and put them in the red zone but some really bad drop passes here. Some very uncharacteristic drop passes would mean an empty possession as they go ahead and turn it over there. Now, Alicott wouldn't get too much going here, so they would eventually give it back to Shap. And Shap, here's what happens on the second drive. Number four does it herself. She gets the toss here, breaks a couple ankles, and she goes to the house here in parker at echo park and give chaparral the six to zero lead unfortunately it stays there because the pat is no good now number 14 of ellicott not going down without a fight makes a couple clutch catches here to go ahead and move ellicott into the red zone but unfortunately they would stall out as well um, again this drive as the Chaparral defense is playing really well. Now number 22 of Chaparral, she's on fire and she stays on fire as she throws it deep and then that receiver runs it in to make it a 12-0 lead. Uh, 22 would then find a receiver to make it 13-0 there, getting them a two-score lead now Ellicott trying to get something going number 15 their quarterback for them goes ahead and throws it deeper not to number 14 but to a different receiver that will put them in the red zone once more but once more Ellicott stalls out just not being able to convert here I get too many passes as this chaparral defense is doing a really good job locking up here and so that would be a turnover on downs. And then number 22 once more would go ahead and take a deep shot to number 12. A great throw here. That would put Chaparral across midfield. But unfortunately, they would stall 
out. Now still in the first half here, Ellicott will get the ball, trying to make something go and they'll throw it, but number 9 of Chaparral gets a huge pick 6 and makes a couple people miss and she goes ahead and seals this game up. As they go up 19-0 to zero here, following that, I, I didn't take any more notes, but they would also be another Chaparral pick 6 by number 3 that would very much put this one as way as Chaparral uh, Chaparral V, that is, will be going to the state finals here in their first year. And most importantly, in this regional specifically, they would go ahead and play Legend in a little crosstown rivalry in the next round. And then the winner of that Legend versus Chaparral V game would go ahead and go to the regional championship. So there you go there. That is round two. Let's go ahead and hop to the other side of the bracket here. Let's talk about Mountain Vista JV playing Elizabeth here in this one. So here's what happens. Mountain Vista, they are on fire to start here. Number two, there was a nice slate to number three. That puts them in the red zone after a couple of drives. At first, it was pretty empty. The first two drives for each team didn't go anywhere. And so this is probably the se either second or third drive for Mountain Vista. And so that slant would go ahead and kind of get them going here, put them in the red zone there. But following that, number two drops back and threads the needle between a couple of linebackers and a safety, I believe, to the back of the end zone to number seven. Or sorry, two not number sorry, not number seven. She would throw it to number three for that first touchdown there. A lethal touchdown throw to give them the early lead. She would then throw the early uh the slant, excuse me, to number seventeen. Who would go ahead and make that PAT good. But unfortunately, a penalty would take that away. And so obviously the other team declines it, and so it's six to zero. But Mountain Vista would basically immediately get an interception. And this is what happens after that. Number two, their quarterback thuds the needle once more on the skinny post to number one. A beautiful throw deep, just putting it on the money to extend their lead to 12-0. to zero. Once more, the PAT is no good. Now, at this point, this Mountain Vista defense is rolling. They force a three and out here, give their offense the ball right after that. And number two stays rolling as she throws a slant to number three that puts them in the red zone but it does not stop there following that number two drops back and throws it to number three again a dot in the back of the end zone and a nice toe tap here to give them the 18 to 0 lead she would then throw to a wide open number nine on the PAT to make it 19 to 0 this game is basically over as Mountain Vista's quarterback and this defense were on top of it putting away Elizabeth pretty early on here and so they They'll be going to the finals, the state finals, in the first year of their program. And what's crazy is that this is the Mountain Vista JV team, or at least that's what's listed here. And so, as a first-year JV program, uh, well, yeah, JV program, they'll be going to the state finals on October 14th. And they will also be playing the winner of this Arvada West versus North Glen game there for a chance at the regional championship. Now let's go ahead and go to Arvada West versus North Glen here. Number 18 of North Glen continues to stay hot here. Get some nice scrambles that would go ahead and put them in the red zone. But that would end with a huge Arvada West interception. Couldn't quite see who it was, but that interception would end that. 
following that a couple deep shots by West uh, just doesn't work here and it wasn't just on the first drive it was on a couple drives here and so at halftime it was actually 0-0 zero to zero here but out of the half A West responds well as Sailor Swanson finds the post route for a touchdown here couldn't see who the receiver was but she ran that post route well and that they would also get the PAT making it 7-0 to zero, Arvada West um, breaking that drought in this game following a quick three and out here on a couple handoffs by north glenn uh arvada west will get the ball back in sailor swanson throws it to sarah walker who goes ahead and puts arvada west in the red zone a beautiful deep throw here and a great catch by sarah to put them in the red zone following that sailor throws the slant which was originally a little bit behind the receiver but it's tipped up by the defender who wasn't able to pick it off and caught by the receiver behind her that goes for a touchdown the pat is no good but they extend that lead to 13 to 0 after that, this Arvada West defense is heating up. They force another three and out. Give A West's offense the ball back, who is finding the rhythm here. And here's what happens. Sailor Swanson finds Sarah Walker on a huge post route to put them in the red zone. Following that, Sailor lofts a beautiful pass to the back of the end zone to give them the 19-0 lead. She then throws it to Walker to make it a 20-0 lead in the second half. At that point, this game is basically over here as Arvada West continues to roll on and gets themselves a spot in the state finals tournament. Okay, now let's go ahead and move on here and talk about the semis. So first things first, congratulations to these four teams on making it to the state finals tournament. So these four teams we'll see again on October 14th there. And so that is Chaparral V, Legend Navy, Mountain Vista JV, and Arvada West Black there. So uh, one thing to note, three of these programs are first-year programs, and then Arvada West obviously being the team that went to state from last year. So with that being said, all four of these teams have punched their way into the state finals tournament next week. But... They still had to play the rest of this regionals tournament here. So let's go ahead and talk about Chaparral versus Legend here. One of the semis here, a crosstown rivalry. I believe I actually got to saw or see this game played the week before over at Regis Jesuit High School. And so this would definitely be an interesting one here. These girls knowing each other well and playing pretty recently as well. So... Let's go ahead and get into it. So after their opening drives, both teams didn't do anything. This is what happened. Chaparral on the second drive has crossed midfield, but they are not able to get anything going. Halftime comes before they can score as the clock runs out on them. And so at halftime, it's 0-0. Definitely a defensive game. Both teams playing really well. Not a ton of mistakes, I would say, but by the offense, just really good defense by both teams. Now, out of the second half, Legend would go ahead and break the tie. Number four, their quarterback goes deep. I want to say to number 23. Couldn't quite make out the number here. But she goes deep here and finds her receiver who goes ahead and scores, making it 6-0. PAT is no good there. Now, it's Chaparral's quarterback's turn to respond here as she has also been hot this uh, regional tournament. Number 22 goes ahead and gets a huge scramble, making a couple people miss. That puts them in the red zone. But a big sack by Legends number 21 sets them back a little bit here and puts them in a tough spot. Unfortunately here, they are not able to score. They would hand it off to number 4 of Shop, who's an explosive athlete, very shifty, but Legend corrals her and goes ahead and forces a turnover on downs. 
Following that, number four of Legend drops back and finds her receiver, I think number 32, on the post. And she puts them in the red zone. A great throw here and a great catch by these two Legend players. But this Chaparral defense holds strong and they play great zone defense, shutting that down and forcing a turnover on downs. Shap's turn here, number 22, hauls one deep to number five here. This is probably, I want to say it's either third or fourth down when she does it. And number five is their tallest receiver. She mosses a couple uh, legend defenders and rumbles downfield. Is stopped short here, but does put them across midfield here. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Chaparral would run two plays. They wouldn't go for much. I think one was a short play. Another one was a handoff. And then they would call it a turnover on downs. And so for those of you at home who are doing the math, that so first down is the throw, right? I want to say. Second down was the handoff. And then on third down, or what would have been third down, they just gave the ball back to Legend and called it a turnover on downs. No penalties, by the way. I don't think there are any penalties. I feel like I would have noticed, but... uh. A controversial ending here as the refs, I believe, kind of just took away a down or two from Chaparral. And so Legend goes on and he's, runs out the rest of this clock, basically, as they go on to the regional championship winning 6-0. to zero. So I, I guess I should probably give my opinion on it before we move on here, before it becomes irrelevant. But... Chaparral was definitely robbed at least one down. Maybe, because uh, I was watching two games at this point, maybe there was one down that they hadn't ran, but they, there was not enough time. At least, I don't think there was enough time for them to run three plays between the time I looked back from one field to the other. So, I, it just didn't make any sense here. And so, kind of a weird ending here. Chaparral really played Legend close. This was a great game. I felt like both teams had big plays, but their defenses, you know, especially in the red zone, proved to be extremely tough to score against. But you gotta wonder if Chaparral had those two plays back, would they be able to score, especially with this quarterback who's on fire all day. Number four, the running back slash receiver who's an excellent athlete and has made big plays before. You gotta wonder. Right, you definitely got to wonder. And so, Chaparral, their season isn't over. They'll be at state, right? But Legend will be moving on to the state champ or not state championship, excuse me, regional championship against the winner of Mountain Vista JV versus Arvada West Black. So, like I said, a controversial ending there, but Legend will move on regardless. So, here is what happens. Let's go ahead and hop into this Mountain Vista JV versus Arvada West Black game. Remember, that young Mountain Vista quarterback on a roll here. As well as Sailor Swanson of Arvada West Black, who had a little bit of a slow half. Granted, it was their first game, mind you. But, you know, got into it pretty quickly and ended up being pretty hot at the end of that game. And that would basically go over into this next game as Sailor has a huge throw to number three of A-West. That would go ahead and put them in the red zone. Following that, Sailor would go ahead eventually and find a receiver to go, I want to say it's number five here, uh, who would go ahead and get the touchdown. She would then go back to number five for the PAT to make it seven to zero. After a stop here of this Mountain Vista offense who 
is just not as experienced i think at this point a west gets the ball back and here's what happens sailor throws it up to sarah walker who goes ahead and mosses a couple defenders not bad defense but comes down with it on the jump ball that would basically put them in the red zone i think it was third or fourth down but they would stall out there now Basically, it would go into halftime 7-0, so not too bad. Mountain Vista's defense played well, but their offense kind of just struggling to move past half or midfield here. They were getting a lot of completions here, but just great flag pulling by A-West kept them on their side of the field. And so let's go ahead and go to the second half here to start Sailor Swanson in the A-West offense. Sailor goes ahead and throws one deep down the right sideline to a receiver, and it is on the money to the house to make it 13 to 0. PAT is good to make it 14 to 0 there. And then this A West defense continues to hold up their side of the bargain, forcing a three and out here. And so, following that, A West will put together a nice, steady drive thanks to a huge Sarah Walker catch downfield, I would say, by the way, and some runs from the running back. Following that, Sailor Swanson, the quarterback, finds a receiver on the right side here on the drag to seal it. They go ahead and run the drag again, throw it to the drag, it's good, and that makes it 21-0 as A. West goes ahead and closes this one up. I believe that would also be the final score. Alrado West going back to the regional championship here, and they will play first-year program, Legend Navy. For Mountain Vista JV, there are some really good things to take away from it. Like you said, you got to keep in mind, this is a very young team here. Offensively, they weren't bad. You could tell that maybe there are some jitters there or maybe they're a little nervous, but you know what happens. They're still going to play at state next week here on October 14th. And so if you're Mountain Vista JV, got to feel good about that game. Also a first year program, by the way, I can't say that enough. So there you go there. They'll be at that tournament the following week here now let's go ahead and hop into this regional championship we have arvada west black who's been here before i believe also they won the regional last year so they have a lot of experience obviously coming off that trip to state so there you go there versus legend navy who has been extremely impressive these last two weeks i've watched them here as a first year program have really good healthy numbers by the way a lot of players to rotate in and out and a lot of great athletes do that as well uh arvada west coming off a pretty dominant win over a young mountain vista jv squad and then legend navy defeating the rival chaparral v in a little bit of a controversial game and you know something worth noting is that you had a number of chaparral players fans supporters supporting arvada west black in this game uh legend navy technically though the home team as it is in parker uh at echo park so there you go there let's go ahead and hop into this game in the first half to start legend will get the ball they would run a sweep left here that goes for a couple following that their quarterback number four throws it to number two on the slant that gets them near midfield they would then pitch it forward um but also tag on a holding call thrown on arvada west that would give them the first down past midfield unfortunately though they do go ahead and stall out here they would throw a nice curl to number 12 that'll get them some yards plus a interesting statue of liberty handoff call it's stuffed so it doesn't go anywhere so that puts them in a tough spot on fourth down it's a lateral to number three here they kind of lateral it a couple of times here but are just not able to find an open receiver as this a west defense 
is suffocating them. So quick turnover on dance after a first down pass midfield. Now A West they take over Sailor. She throws the quick hitter to number two. That goes for a couple. Then goes back to number two on the slant. That goes for another couple. Then Sailor Swanson rolls left and sidearms a nice little throw to Molly Shellpepper, I want to say, who gives Arvada West the first down pass midfield. After a drop, it's second down. And following that, Sailor Swanson drops back and throws it deep down the left sideline to Sarah Walker, who outmuscles the defender here, who plays really good defense. Like, she's step for step with her. She swipes it. But Sarah Walker, one of the best players in the state, just wins this one. And she makes it 6-0 Arvada West. Now... On the first PAT, there's a holding penalty, so that kind of wipes that one, brings up another attempt. Then they would throw the slate here on the second attempt to number two. That makes it 7-0 to zero there. Legend, not feeling too bad here. You know, kind of a tough go. They just lost one matchup on that last play there, but looking to potentially score and keep this thing close. And so they go ahead and run what looks like to be a triple option. I know a triple option when I see one. And they pitch it here to number three, who goes for a good gain of about 10. After a drop pass, though, it is third down. And on third down, they try that play where they lateral it back a couple times. A couple, uh, it looks like a double pass at least, maybe a triple pass. And when they throw it, it is incomplete as this A-West defense is playing really disciplined football here. So that brings up fourth down. And on fourth down, Legend, uh, their quarterback, she pitches it forward, which does go for first. But unfortunately, she's in front of the line of scrimmage when she does this. So it's an illegal forward pass and a turnover on downs now arvada west looking to stack on this lead they throw the swing pass to number 28 she gets them a couple following that they throw the hot route to um molly shellpepper i want to say who gives them a good gain here also excuse me if i'm saying that last name wrong i'm pretty sure it's shellpepper but could be wrong here third down here they go ahead and throw the slant to number two here that's good for a first down uh they would go ahead and be in the red zone after that slant by the way number two making some uh a lot of defenders miss on that play. After an incompletion, it's second down. On second down, though, it's tipped up, and so that's incomplete. And then on third down, Sailor Swanson tests the left sideline here, trying to throw it into this corner, but number 20 of Legend gets a huge interception and kills that drive. Now, Legend, unfortunately, is unable to capitalize. They do go ahead and get past midfield, uh, thanks to a nice pitch to number 20. And they would go ahead and run a slate to number 22. That would put them in the red zone. But then they would call running play, which is stuffed. Uh, following that, they would get sacked. And then they would throw it to the right side towards Sarah Walker here. And she bosses a couple players here for an interception. But a little bit of a questionable P.I. They, they call it on Sarah Walker, by the way. I don't see it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but they call it, and so that gives Legend another chance here on fourth and down here. Arreta West does call a timeout before they do it, but outside, uh, out of the timeout, they run the play. Legend kind of tries to pitch it forward, but it is tipped up and picked by Molly Shellpepper, who almost returns it for a touchdown, by the way, which would have been disastrous for Legend. But the quarterback number four for Legend just barely is able to grab her flag, keeping it at 7-0, Arvada West with the lead in this championship game. Now, A. West, they would start with the ball after the second half, but unfortunately would not be able to convert on first down. 
couple of tough drops here. Drops and incompletions would go ahead and give Legend this ball. And so Legend only down 7-0 to looking to get something going here. Uh, but on first down, it's a drop. On second down, they run the hook and lateral. Uh, hook and ladder, excuse me. That goes for a couple yards. That puts them near midfield. Then they would throw the slant to number 12, which is good. But she is short basically on the one. And then on fourth down, they would throw it. But it would unfortunately be a dropped pass here. It was a wide open receiver. And so that's a tough... I mean, I don't know. That's just a tough play to happen. And so it's a turnover on downs. A West still looking to slam the door here on Legend as Legend is trying to hang in here. And so here we go. A West takes over. Uh, Sailor throws a nice slant to number three. That goes for about 15 or so yards. A good chunk play there. Following that, Sailor goes back to number three, who makes a couple people miss and gets the first down. Just a great play here by number three and she keeps going to number three as she goes back to her a third time who makes a nice one-handed one catch here and then also gets them another 10 yards and then on second down Sailor Swanson drops back throws towards the right side on the out route and finds Sarah Walker in a tight window like I said great defense here but just a great throw by Sailor here once more and Sarah Walker catching this one and toe tapping in making it making sure she does to make it 13 to 0. Now the PET is picked off, but doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think you could return that four points. So it's 13 to 0 A West. Legend looking to get something going here, but they are just not able to do much here. On fourth down, they try to throw deep towards Sarah Walker here. But she just, I mean, she just deflects it pretty easily here. Out muscles all the receivers in that area. And so that's a turnover on downs. Now, A-West, they have the ball looking to pretty much nail, uh, put the nail in the coffin here as they're, they are up 13-0, which is pretty good. But going up by three scores in the second half, it's hard to come back from that in flag football. So here's what happens. A-West with the ball looking for a knockout. Hands it off right. That goes for a couple then they hand it off left. That goes for another another couple. Obviously trying to run out some of this clock. Then Sailor drops back and throws the corner out to Sarah Walker. Perfect timing here. That goes for a first down. Following that, they pitch it to number 28. She goes ahead and runs, make people miss, and puts them in the red zone. Then Sailor finds Molly, who is stopped short on the one. Almost reaches out and gets the touchdown, but is stopped short. Then it's third down, the two-minute warning hits. The, after the two-minute warning, they run this play, and that's when Sailor Swanson finds number five to make it a 19-0 lead on the drag route. Uh, the go for two, the PAT is no good, though, but it's a 13-score lead with under two minutes. This one is over. Arvada West Black is your Regional 1 champs here. And then Legend just coming up short here. I mean, you saw it there. They had their chances. Got into the red zone multiple times. Got some really clutch stops as well. It just couldn't get it done. And, I mean, it wasn't a blowout by any means. I know the score is probably not as accurate as, uh, I guess, the story actually was, right? But, hey, it is what it is for this Legend team. This is their first year here. This is a good experience to play against a contender like this because anything could happen in the state finals tournament. For Arvada West Black, they looked unstoppable in this tournament. Let me talk about them here a little bit. I don't believe I've ever said this, at least on the podcast, I could be wrong, but the development of Sailor Swanson and Sarah Walker specifically is big time. They were huge last year, but they've taken a huge step forward, and I firmly believe they are next-level college flag football players, if that's what they choose to do, obviously. But I think they could definitely play on the next level and be scholarship players uh, at good programs, too, obviously. And so... 
there were a number of plays this tournament where they just balled out and they only played two games i'm pretty sure so there is that or maybe it was three games but still they played great sailor she had some amazing throws where she just showed off her velocity on these throws and then sarah walker i mean she's all reliable right they trust each other so much that's gonna be a tough connection to stop here you also throw in the fact that they have the all these other players like number two for them molly as well shell pepper i believe she makes some great plays and then this defense is just very well coached you know, a great coaching staff over there at A-West. They're a juggernaut. You know, they're definitely a juggernaut. And, you know, obviously I am biased because last year I said they're the favorites to win it all. But I still think that this year they're the favorites to win it. Obviously, Chatfield will defend their title. But A-West, they're not going to go down easy. Not at all. And so you got to look out for them. Now, as for Legend, like I said, first year program, they're going to be dangerous. I think year one already in this finals tournament. I would not be surprised if they somehow faced off with A West again in the state championship. I think it could happen. And if it does happen again, I think that game will be a lot closer. The offense will be able to do a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens for sure. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, don't be surprised if Legend makes a deep run here and then just final thoughts as i close this thing up before handing it off to my other co-host here but you know there are a lot of first year programs that participated in this and played extremely well chaparral came to mind mountain vista obviously came to mind love seeing elizabeth played they did their thing vista peak as well i believe they're a first year program they did pretty solid as well as ellicott you know a very small town uh just south not south but like kind of kind of east of Colorado Springs they did a good job you know and so a lot of talent here was very impressed by it. very much looking forward to seeing a lot of these teams play next year as well but with our final four here of Legend Navy, Chaparral V, Mountain Vista JV in our Battle West Black it's gonna be a fun one next week I'll tell you that so stay tuned there what is going on everybody? My name is Gino V. Hill with the Playmakers Corner Podcast, here to bring you all up to speed on what happened in Region 2 for the Girls High School Flag Football Regional Championships this last Saturday, October the 7th at Regis Jesuit High School. Our top two seeds in this region was Pomona University and the returning champs, Chatfield Varsity. So both of these teams got first round buys and they both fought hard until the very end, as you will soon see in this recap. I unfortunately don't have any rosters for these teams, so I'll just be saying numbers, and I also did my best trying to keep track of what was going on in each game, as there were three going on at the same time, so please forgive me if I miss a big play or anything like that. With that being said, we had a lot of close games and a lot of exciting plays in each game, and we got a brief recap for each one. So let's not waste any more time and go ahead and see what happened in Region 2 this weekend. Let's start off here with the Round 1 games. On Field 1, we had Eagle Crest Black versus Arvada West White, which was their JV team. Um, Eagle Crest came out looking really good on Saturday. Their athleticism and speed really showed here in the first round versus Arvada. Their defense especially was making plays as number 23 on Eagle Crest got a big interception return early on here that almost went for a touchdown, and that was followed by their QB, number one, finding a receiver for a touchdown right after that interception. 
Number 23 wasn't done, though, as she would get yet another interception before halftime. Arvada West White was really struggling to get anything going on offense. I think the biggest problem for them was their lack of athletes to make big plays, and Eagle Crest was taking full advantage of that. Later on in the game, we had someone get a pick on Eagle Crest. I uh, didn't get to see who, and that was followed by number 20 getting a huge run with a nice spin move in Juke to push the ball right near the end zone for the Raptors. That was followed by number 1 hitting number 13 on a short pass for the touchdown, and then later on in the game, number 4 on Eagle Crest wanted, would run it in for a touchdown as well, and that would wrap things up in this game. Eagle Crest Black gets a convincing win over Arvada West White to move on to the next round of the tournament. Next game here on field two, we had Overland versus Rock Canyon. Rock Canyon, Rock Canyon came out looking really good in this game to start the day with their QB number 11 hitting number 12 down the sideline on a beautiful pass, and number 12 would take that one all the way to the house. Those two would connect again here on the point after as well. Then number 12 wasn't done for Rock Canyon as she would catch a short pass in their own territory and she finds a way to take this one all the way to the house as well and then she mossed another girl in the end zone for the extra point. So big game from her on the, on, on the day. Yeah, she was really showing some very nice ability um, in both the red zone and in yards after the catch situations. So good job for number 12. Um, Overland wasn't really getting much done offensively, but number 13 would pick off a pass here in the second half for the Trailblazers. Um, that was due to number 17 on Rock Canyon. She threw it when number 12 had her back turned. So Overland took advantage of that. And that was followed by number 28 getting a nice gain close to the end zone for Overland. But this game was over anyway. Great game from number 12 on Rock Canyon as they move on to the next round with this win over Overland. Checking out field three now, still in the first round, we have Green Mountain versus Regis Red, and that is their JV team for Regis. Um, Green Mountain dominated this game from the beginning. Number 18 on Green Mountain would start this game off by taking a nice run, the full field uh, for an early touchdown. Um, Regis Red, a lot like their varsity squad, was relying on a lot of short crossing routes to move the sticks but they kind of just lacked a girl that can make those big plays and yards after the catch scenarios. On the Green Mountain side, they were going for the long ball all game as their QB number 19, while in pajamas, was always looking to stretch the ball downfield. And that was a trend for the rest of the day. Number four would get a nice run here for Green Mountain, and that was followed by number 19 avoiding a couple sacks and running it down to first and goal territory. Number 19 then found number 22 for a short touchdown pass. Number 22 wasn't done, though, as she would pick off a Regis pass on the next drive to give Green Mountain a chance to score again in first and goal territory. Green Mountain would call the bullpen to bring in the lefty as the left-handed QB number 17 would come into the game and find number 13, who is very tall, and she easily grabs the ball over a Regis girl's head for a touchdown. Those two would connect again on the PAT, uh, with number um, 13 grabbing it over a girl's head yet again. Number 18 would come back into action for Green Mountain at the end of the game as she makes multiple cuts to avoid being touched, and she takes that one, the full field, once again for a touchdown. And Green Mountain got the nice win here in this one over Regis Red, and they are moving on. 
Back over to field one now, we have Regis Varsity versus Chatfield JV. Um, it was Regis the whole way in this game. They completely shut down Chatfield's offense. I don't remember Chatfield scoring at all, and they really just breezed uh, past this first round. They aren't going to score a ton of points, but they find their way to win games with their well-coached defense and clutch play on offense. Their QB number 30 hit number four in the back of the end zone for Regis. Number 38, also for Regis, actually made a huge play later on in the game by taking a short pass the full field for a touchdown. In the second half, number 16 on Regis got an interception and would go untouched down the sideline for a pick six. On the very next Chatfield drive, number 20 on Regis walked it in for another short pick six on what felt like the very next play. And that will do it in this one as Regis Varsity moves on with a win over Chatfield JV. Heading over to field two, we had Cherry Creek Red, which is also their JV squad versus Northfield. Um, Northfield would actually end up looking really good in this one on both sides here against uh, Creek's JV team. It started with number 24 on Northridge getting an interception and taking it into Creek territory. And that was followed by number 29 running it in uh, to put up North to put Northridge up early, and they wouldn't give up this lead for the rest of the game. Later on in the game, Northridge's QB number six would hit number 15 on a short crossing route for a nice gain, and they followed that up with number nine running it in for the touchdown for Northridge on the very next play. Northridge was driving again on the next drive, but number 28 on Creek would take a pick six all the way to the house. Northridge answered on their next drive, though, by hitting Creek with their usual load of crossing routes. And then number, number 29 for Northridge would eventually run it in for the touchdown. And that would do it in this game as Northridge tops Cherry Creek Red to move on here to the next round. Let's head over to Field 3 here where George Washington was playing Mountain Range. This was an exciting game here with both sides making big plays all game. Started off with number 13 on Mountain Range getting an interception close to the end zone and they followed that up with again number 13 rolling right and eventually finding number 12 in the back of the end zone to put Mountain Range up early here. George Washington answered though with their QB number 10 finding their number one receiver and playmaker number 14 as she takes it down the sideline for the touchdown. This was probably the most exciting QB wide receiver duo I saw all day. Number 19 on Mountain Range would keep the momentum on their side though as she gets an interception and they would eventually score after that interception, but I actually missed who scored it. A couple of drives later here, number 10 on George Washington would get a huge sack pretty far behind the line of scrimmage. And then on offense, she would find none other than number 14 who makes a nice diving grab. Those two weren't done though as number 10 would find number 14 again under a lot of pressure this time as number 14 takes that in for the touchdown and those two are somehow still not done in this game. Number 14 would catch another pass but this time she had to juke multiple defenders and cross the field from sideline to sideline before taking it all the way to the house for a touchdown. Number 14 was easily one of the top playmakers of the day, and that would do it in this game as George Washington moves on with a win over Mountain Range. Now we're moving on here to the second round. 
On field one, we had Rock Canyon versus Regis Varsity. Now, I'll admit I probably missed some plays in this one, but I still got some highlights and thoughts to share on this game as there was only one score the entire time. For highlights, number 13 on Rock Canyon had an interception early on. We also had number 16 on Regis make a nice jumping catch and got some nice yards after the catch to help set up a potential Regis scoring drive. Unfortunately for Regis, though, this scoring drive would not happen as number 30 on Rock Canyon swatted down the fourth and goal pass at the goal line to force a turnover on downs as the clock, clock dwindles down. Rock Canyon wouldn't be able to score, so Regis would take full advantage with number 16 floating, floating it up to number 15 for the game-winning touchdown as their sideline goes absolutely ballistic. Regis Varsity moves on to the next round as they beat Rock Canyon in a thriller. Heading over to field two here, we had Eagle Crest Black versus Green Mountain. This was a very exciting game as both these teams are notorious for always looking for big plays and deep passes. Eagle Crest started this high-scoring game with a huge touchdown run from number 20, who juked multiple defenders to get there. Green Mountain answered, though, with their QB, number 19, finding one of their playmakers, number 18, on a short pass for a touchdown. Number 20 wasn't done for Eagle Crest, though, as she makes one of the best plays of the whole day with an insane jumping grab over two defenders in the end zone to put Eagle Crest back up here still in the first half. Green Mountain would eventually answer here with number 19 scrambling for a first down and eventually finding number two for a short touchdown pass a couple of plays later. I started to notice on this drive though how number 19 pretty often would give up on plays too early and scramble when there were definitely at least one or two girls open. So that's definitely something you're going to want to work on here in the future. Um, Back to the game, though, Eagle Crest would force a clutch three and out at the goal line on a couple of drives later, and they would take full advantage with none other than number 20, who takes it in for her third touchdown of the game. Things are definitely looking up for the Raptors at this point of the game. On the next drive, though, number 19 on Green Mountain would hit number two on a long pass and a nice catch for a big gain, and that was followed by number 19 going through her reads and eventually finding number 22 on a crossing route for a touchdown. Green Mountain finally started to get the game back on their side as number 17 picks off a pass from number 20 on Eagle Crest. This was a reverse play that was handed off to 20 in the backfield to set up a bomb downfield, but unfortunately number 20 forced that pass and it gave the ball back to Green Mountain. Number 18 would make a huge play on the next Green Mountain drive by dodging multiple defenders on the way for a touchdown. Number 4 on Eagle Crest would get a nice run deep into the Green Mountain uh, territory on the next drive, but Green Mountain buckled down and got a turnover on downs to all but secure this win for them. They would get another TD pass to number 7, and that would do it in this one as Green Mountain wins a thriller to move on to the final four of the region and to secure their spot in the state tournament next Saturday. Now for field three here, we have Chatfield Varsity playing their first game of the day here as they had a bye. The reigning champs are playing George Washington. Now George Washington actually came out looking nice against the reigning state champs, starting off with a double reverse as number 10 would find her favorite target, number 14, down the sideline for a huge gain 
deep into Chatfield territory. Unfortunately for G-Dub, that momentum and hope would be cut short as number 75 on Chatfield picks it off in the end zone and takes it a long way. Number 10 had a receiver in the corner on that play, but she needed to throw it high towards the sideline when the pass she threw ended up being flat and behind the receiver. Chatfield would score on that drive with number 6 catching a touchdown pass from number 12, and they followed that up a couple drives later with number 11 taking a short pass a long way for the touchdown, showing off that speed and run-after-the-catch ability. Number 12 would get another passing touchdown later when she found number 3 on a nice uh, out route in the end zone. Number 75 would get another interception in the second half, and that wraps up this game as Chatfield punches their ticket for the state tournament. Yeah, Chatfield is a very well-coached team. Um, their offensive scheme is hard to stop as they have a ton of speed and they don't make a lot of mistakes as their pass game is a lot of quick hitters to get their receivers the ball in space. Their defense is really what stood out to me though uh, throughout the day as their linebackers made it almost impossible to throw anything over the middle. Next game here in the second round, we have Pomona Varsity playing their first game of the day versus Northfield. Pomona is actually a lot of fun to watch. They have a smaller QB in number 18, but she probably has the most pure ability and poise than any other QB I saw in Region 2. They started off hot against Northfield, with number 3 getting a long touchdown run to put them up early. On the next set of plays, I think there was an interception that led to a touchdown for Pomona, um, but I'm not 100% sure as I had my eyes on another game at that point. Pomona would end up kicking ass in this one with their QB number 18 making a defender miss with a spin move and then she finds number 8 down the sideline for a huge gain. Later on in the game, number 15 would get an interception for Pomona and they followed that up with a short uh, touchdown pass to number 9 to add to their lead. At this point, Pomona threw in their backup QB for the rest of the game and that would do it in this one as Pomona Varsity dominates Northfield and moves on to the next round of Region 2. So now we got round three. These final four teams here are all moving on to state, but let's go ahead and see how this final four went in the region. On field two, we had Regis Varsity versus Chatfield Varsity. Regis beat the JV team, and now they get to face the big bad Chatfield Varsity to try and reach the regional championship. This was an extremely exciting game as it came down to the very last play. Regis would strike first here with number 40 hitting or number 30 hitting number four on a short pass that she takes in for a touchdown, and then number four would run it in for the PAT as well. Chatfield would answer here with their QB number 12 running it in for a touchdown. No worry for Regis though, as their QB number 30 nails number four again on a deep ball for an amazing throw and catch to set up Regis with first and goal in the Chatfield territory. Regis would get a short touchdown pass in number seven, and that would take us to the half. Chatfield started to wake up here as their star on uh, defense number one makes a huge play in the second half and ties the game with a pick six as the Chatfield sideline goes absolutely ballistic. Chatfield wasn't done here though, as they would get the ball back on offense and hit number 11 over the middle, who breaks free for a huge touchdown to put Chatfield in the lead deep in the second half. On the last drive of the game, Regis would work their way all the way to about five yards in front of the end zone. 
there's enough time for one last play at the goal line as Regis is down a score and only five yards away from tying the game. Who will win on this play? Regis's short game or will it be Chatfield's beastly defense? Let's find out together. Number 30 on Regis drops back to pass, scans, finds a receiver in the back of the end zone. Let's go and... It is caught by number 46, who makes the grab at the end of the end zone to keep Regis's regional championship hopes alive as they celebrate together in the end zone. But not so fast. A referee spotted that number 46 was actually just barely out of bounds, and that gives Chatfield the win as they go crazy on their sideline. What a rough way to finish the game for Regis. But lucky for them, their season is not done, and they have a chance to bounce back in the state tournament next Saturday. For Chatfield, they now squeak into the regional final with their late whistle, with that late whistle saving them. In the last round three game, we got Green Mountain versus Permona Varsity. Green Mountain struggles as a team started to show through here against a tough team like Pomona. Pomona scored first. Um, I actually had my eyes on the Chatfield-Regis game at this point, so I missed how they scored. But Green Mountain, Green Mountain would answer here with a touchdown pass to number 24. Pomona dominated from this point out, though, as I don't believe Green Mountain would score again for the rest of the game. Pomona would take the lead with a touchdown pass to number 14, and then they would add to that lead with number 19 on Pomona, stopping a potential Green Mountain scoring drive with a long pick six to put them up two scores. Actually make that three scores after number 18 on Pomona flicks a beautiful pass to number 15. And then number 15 would catch another TD later to completely put this game away. Green Mountain's QB number 19 would come out of the game after hurting her leg on the last drive. And yeah, like I said, this game is over. Pomona moves on to the regional championship after making light work of their first two opponents. Now we have the regional championship between the two top seeds, Chatfield Varsity versus Pomona Varsity. Definitely the two best teams I had seen all day. So let's go ahead and see how this game cracked out. Um, the best was certainly saved for last as this Region 2 final against the two top-seeded teams went all the way to the very end of the game before we knew who the winner was going to be. Chapfield would get a stop on defense to give them the ball and a chance to score first, but number 18 shows her defensive ability with a huge sack on fourth down to give the ball back to Pomona. They wouldn't take that turnover on downs for granted as number eight would catch a touchdown pass to put Pomona up in this one. Pomona would actually go into the half with this lead, definitely feeling good about their chances to win in this one. This was also the point where my phone ran out of battery, so I was unable to get any clips of this absolutely insane second half. I was able though to take notes on a piece of paper I found in my backpack, so we at least still know what happened. So let's check it out. Chatfield would score early here and tie the game as number 14 catches a TD pass. Pomona would be threatening again here though after a short crosser to 14 goes a long way and that puts Pomona deep into Chatfield territory. Number 18 would toss a beautiful corner to number 15 in the end zone on second down, but it was dropped unfortunately. Now this wasn't an easy play for number 15 by any means, 
But I'll say that number 18 made that ball so only number 15 could catch it. And that is one of the many examples of her making some college-level throws. Um, number one on Chaffield would pick it off in the end zone a couple of plays later, and that would end that potential scoring drive for Pomona. Pomona would get the ball back, though, in this tied game and start driving down the field with little time remaining. On the last play of the last game of the day, we got blessed with some absolute insanity here. Pomona, with a perfect opportunity to win the game, close to their end zone. The ball is picked off by number 48 on Chatfield, who takes that interception all the way to the house for a game-ending regional championship winning play. The Chatfield crowd and sideline can't believe it, and I'm sure the Pomona parents were equally shocked. Chatfield showed that they are coming for that back-to-back -back state championship with this win. And then for Pomona, they definitely could have won this uh, game if it weren't for some key drops and turnovers. So I don't think they should be too upset after that loss. They show that they can compete and win against the top teams in the state in this playoff environment. So last part of this Region 2 here, I want to talk about some of the playmakers of the day, some of the girls that I thought really showed out and uh, helped get their team to win. Um, starting off here, number 14 of George Washington, obviously. Um, she's tall, athletic, great instincts as a receiver, showed jump ball ability, yards after the catch ability, and made some tough catches to keep George Washington alive. Definitely could be a college receiver from what I saw, as she made pretty much all the big plays for George Washington alongside her QB number 10. Another playmaker that stood out to me was number 20 of Eagle Crest. Yeah, number 20 is a baller, straight up. She showed that she can be both a halfback and a receiver. It just depends on the scenario. Um, she could definitely be a player at the next level, especially considering how much trust the Eagle Crest players and coaching staff gave her in both the games they played. Next playmaker here, we have number 12 of Rock Canyon. She was really the bulk of the offense and defense for Rock Canyon. She showed some awesome playmaking ability when she gets the ball in open space and even made some plays on defense as well. Um, a little undersized, but she could definitely be a player at the next level with her athleticism and instincts. Next player here, of course, we have to mention number 18 of Pomona. This small but mighty sophomore QB dazzled all day and made some special throws that I didn't see any other QB making. She showed a great ability on red zone passes, and you can just see her confidence with the ball. All three uh, teams that she played had a very hard time keeping Pomona from driving, and number 18 was a massive, massive part of that. I, of course, also have to mention number 18 of Green Mountain. Uh, she had multiple long touchdowns on Saturday where she had to maneuver her way around multiple defenders. Her ability to make big plays happen out of nowhere is pretty great, so she is definitely one of the players that stood out for me. Uh, last player here, we got number one of Chatfield. Now, this girl right here is a college-level player. She completely locked down the middle of the field as a ball hawk middle linebacker and that was a huge part of the reason why Pomona was only able to score once. You can see the confidence and feel for the game each play as she always seems to know what's coming. 
So that about wraps it up here in Region 2. I'm going to pass this off to whoever covered Region 3. It was either Cody or Gideon. So I will catch you all later. Peace out. All right, y'all. My name is Cody Stoffer, and I had the privilege of attending Region 3 for the Girls Flag Football Regional. This was hosted at Halftime Help. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over kind of like the big highlights from the games as I go through them that were happening at the same time. And as they whittle down, they'll get a little bit more specific each time. But yeah, so for the games that were first thing in the morning, they were at 8.15 a.m. I had a slew of games here, but I'm just going to work my way left to right like a book. So on the left side of the field, we had Coronado versus Thunder Ridge. Thunder Ridge being the team that was hosting this at halftime help. So a little bit of a home field advantage for the Grizzlies here. And that was pretty evident as on this very first Coronado drive after a few runs, including one that is pushed back for a loss here. They have a turnover on downs and there's a little bit of a crowd here for the Grizzlies cheering them on and excited at the defensive showing here. Now, Thunder Ridge with the ball here, they would start off with a pass over the middle that would gain some yards. And on just a couple plays later, they would have another pass over the middle that would pick up a first down. After a run left and an incompletion, they would eventually run left again and number 21 would score the touchdown here, putting the Grizzly up 6-0 as the point after attempt was no good but it doesn't really matter because this defense was just suffocating this Coronado offensive attack after allowing a little bit of a pickup on the very first play here. They force an incompletion and then tear down a flag for a loss and force another turnover on downs. Now, Thunder Ridge trying to keep this rolling here. They have a run left that picks up a good gain and another pass over the middle here that picks up a first down. Now, after an incompletion here, they do pass it again, and this is caught by number 15 here for the touchdown, and upon going for two, the Grizzlies would convert. Coronado here now down 14 to nothing and looking for a spark of light here. Come out passing the ball every single play on first, second, third, and fourth down where number 19 of Thunder Ridge does make the interception. Thunder Ridge would not be able to capitalize heading into half, but they would get the ball back to start the half and get a solid run right and a pass over the middle to set them up in fourth and manageable, but an incompletion would be a turnover on downs. Now Coronado here, they would attempt to get this drive going here, but unfortunately would have no luck, but would respond on defense. The Cougars force four straight incompletions for a turnover on downs. Now they open their own drive with an incompletion, but have a pass over the middle that has a substantial gain, but two more incompletions would unfortunately be a turnover on downs and Thunder Ridge would pick up a huge pass over the middle that would make this drive eight plays or five, six plays long. Sorry, I literally don't know how to count, but regardless, that would eat up way too much time for Coronado to really get anything going. And the Thunder Ridge defense would be way too much for Coronado in the first place here. So Thunder Ridge would send Coronado home here with a final score of 14 to nothing in round one.
Now in the middle on field two here. This would be a very slow going game here with Chaparral Red facing off against Legacy Navy here. Chaparral starting off with the football here, trying to get a running game going here. But unfortunately, they would end up in a pretty deep hole on fourth down and a Legacy sack would actually force a turnover on downs. Now, Legacy Navy here, they are running a reverse, reverse, double reverse, triple reverse system here. So they run a couple of run plays up the middle that gain some yards, but two botched handoffs on reverses would lead to a turnover on downs very quickly on their second drive. Now, Chaparral here, they come out with a big gain to the right, but the very next play is a loss here. And so they are forced to pass and they gain some yards passing to the left, but on fourth down, they just don't quite have it in them. And it's a turnover on downs back to Legacy Navy. Now, Legacy not really showing an ability to pass the ball very well as they come out with an incompletion. And after three runs, don't gain enough for a first down and turnover on downs. Now, Shap, they start off with a run that does lose some yards and falling to incompletions. It's fourth and long and they do throw it left and pick up a chunk of yardage, but are just shy of the sticks here. Now, Legacy Navy, this will be the last possession of the half here, so they try and get tricky with some of their runs, and they even get close to midfield and get a first down on their very first run right, and complete a pass over the middle even, but two incompletions would take us into halftime tied at zero apiece. Legacy Navy, however, would come out and stick to their guns in the run game. And after two runs gained a decent amount of yardage, they have a double reverse and their player turns it upfield, heading to the right side and then cuts inside and scores a touchdown here. Legacy Navy, no good on the extra point attempt. Now, Chaparral Red, understanding that they are in a hole and they need to come back. Their very first play picks up a first down. It is a pass left here and that puts them on the other side of midfield now they complete three more passes here spreading it all over the field using kind of a quick hitter system with one to the left right and then in the middle but on fourth down when they go for the end zone the pass is incomplete and that'll be a turnover on downs playing right into legacy's hands here that is just trying to grind this clock all the way down to zero with four straight runs not quite accomplishing it and Chaparral Red will get one more chance here, and they kind of get a scare going. They complete two consecutive passes, one to the left and one over the middle for substantial gains, and then another pass over the middle would actually be good for a first down. Now, following that, the Legacy defense would clamp up here, force an incompletion, get a quick flagpole on a pass left, and following a couple more plays, would force a turnover on downs that sets up the Legacy Navy Neal here for their victory here in round one. Legacy Navy toppling Chaparral Red 6-0. Now the game happening on field one over on the far right was Douglas County Purple versus Horizon Silver. This one was definitely the hardest one to keep track of here, but I did the best that I could from where I was at. And so, you know, Horizon, they start off on offense and they have a very athletic quarterback that's trying to pass the ball, but just not a whole lot going on here. And on fourth down does get sacked for the turnover on downs. Now, 
Douglas County, they come out trying to run the ball and they do so pretty effectively. After a run right gains a substantial amount of yards, they then run left that gets all the way to the first down. But their passing game stalls out here with two incompletions. And by the time they try and run and get back on track, it is a turnover on downs and horizon silver football. Now, they run left here for a solid gain, but then their quarterback runs right and rips off a huge touchdown run, putting Horizon Silver up early, actually, over the Huskies. So, shout out to number 15 for Horizon Silver getting the Hawks on the board. Now, Douglas County looking to respond here, trying to stay preserved, trying to stay balanced here. They come out with two runs. And after an incompletion on third down, they go back to the run game and actually pick up the first down here. Now, with the run game kind of bringing the defense in, they do try and complete a pass over the middle, which they do for a short gain, and immediately back to running right and left. And on fourth down, they go for the pass, and it hits the turf, giving Horizon Silver the ball right back here. But... Douglas County is adapting on defense here and their pass rush is getting really serious because after a run goes for about nothing, they get a sack on the very next play. Now, despite the pressure that they are bringing, Horizon Silver does complete a pass over the middle that gains substantial yardage and puts them in a position to try and run for the first down here. And after getting the ball going left, their flag is pulled and it is a turnover on downs. On the very first play of Douglas County's drive here, and on the very last play of the half, they throw a pass over the middle to number 24, who rips off a long touchdown and gets the Huskies on the board just before half here. Number 24, one of the best rushers that I saw during the entire tournament, the entire regional tournament, that is, that day. And good for Douglas County, which, if you remember, Horizon started on offense, so Douglas County getting a score right before halftime, and right after halftime, running the ball left with number five, who rips off whatever that is. I want to say like a 60-yard touchdown run on the very first play, opening up the half here to put Douglas County up now. Horizon Silver here, they're trying to settle down a little bit. They definitely are just trying to ground themselves a little bit here, and they run the ball twice in a row, but they're put into a decent hole on third and long, and they pass the ball, and that is going to be intercepted by number 24, who you heard score before the half, and she does it again, scoring this time on the defensive side of the football, taking that pick all the way back to the house and putting Douglas County up 18-6. to Going on an 18-point unanswered run would be more than enough for the Huskies here as on their next drive, the Hawks just can't complete passes and a sack by the defense will force a turnover on downs. Now, that's not to say that Horizon would not have any more chances, but Douglas County does eat up as much time as possible on this next drive with a run left for a gain. And after two incompletions, completing a pass over the middle to 24 for just enough yards for a first down. They then throw the ball one more time that is in that is complete before two incompletions lead to them just running it up the middle and trying to eat up some more time as they turn over on downs. Horizon not able to really get anything going. The quarterback is continuously keeping the football, trying to make big plays happen, but that would not be enough to overcome the Huskies that do beat the Hawks 18-6 to 
to close out the 8-15 games. And just like that, we're on to the 9 a.m. games here. And the very first one that I'm trying to keep an eye on here is on field three, and that is Valor Columbia versus Ralston Valley White. And don't be deceived, the team that was in white is not Ralston Valley. It's actually Valor Columbia, which totally did not confuse me and cause me to have to switch all of my notes back the other direction here. So this one is going to be a little bit messy, but I know how it ends. So that's arguably what matters the most. And so Valor actually starts off here. And after a run left, does pick up a pretty substantial amount of yards. They are plagued by two incompletions that predate a completion over the middle, but that does not quite get the first down, and it's a turnover on downs. Now, Valor, they have a play to the left that picks up a solid amount of yards here, and after a run right, they're feeling pretty good about their odds, but a short pass right actually loses yards for Ralston Valley, that is, and they are in a tough fourth down situation, but they do pass to the right side of the field and pick up a first down. After a pass left, picks up another substantial amount of yards. Valor is backing off here, which plays right into the Mustangs' hands here, who run the ball as opposed to passing it as they did on the previous three plays and score the touchdown while converting on the PAT. Now Valor here already in a hole, but not really going anywhere as after their first pass is completed, they are plagued with an incompletion and a couple more passes aren't enough for a first down. Rouson Valley feeling themselves on this drive now, trying to go up two scores early. They have a pass right that picks up a few yards before an incompletion, but that doesn't matter as they pass it right to number two, who is one of the best athletes on this entire field at any given time. And she shows it by turning on the burners and getting all the way downfield, making multiple defenders miss and scoring for Rouse and Valley's second touchdown of the game. Now, Valor got to respond here. And that is what they will end up doing following an incompletion on first down. They have a big pass left that gets all the way past the first down. After another pass over the middle gains a substantial amount of yards, they will find number 29 in the end zone for a passing touchdown to narrow that gap back down to a manageable amount. And Rouston Valley, while they still will have one more chance before half, they get a big pass over the middle, but the two incompletions are too little, too late, and despite getting a first down on the very last play of the half, that is not enough for a score, and we will go to halftime. But this opens up a huge opportunity for Ralston Valley, who will start the half. And after a run right, picks up a decent amount of yards, they pass over the middle to number 14, who once again just gets past the defense and scores a big touchdown while they also convert here. Now, back to Valor. I think this is where I flipped back into the land of the living here. And they have a big play left to number two that picks up a first down before there's an interception by the defense here. Now, oh, I'm actually lying. My notes were still flipped backwards. Gosh, that's so frustrating. But anyways, just know that Valor comes up with that interception and then they get a 35 playmaker here for the touchdown on a pass right and convert to close this gap. However, Rouston Valley, they are trying to snuff this out here 
and have one of the longest drives of the day. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven plays long, which, you know, is basically as many plays as you can get. There are a couple of penalties that made this a little bit longer, but, you know, a pass over the middle to number two picked up a first down that was very important. And then a pass over the middle to number 10 would be good for a touchdown here. And while Valor would get past midfield on a pass over the middle, I thought that they had a touchdown here, but that was called back. And this ended up being a huge momentum swing as number nine for Rouston Valley would get a pick six all but ending this game here. Pretty wild back and forth game that I was obviously able to keep great track of. But Rouston Valley White is going to be your winner. 33 to 19. A lot of fireworks, a lot of turnovers taken back to the house, and a lot of just explosive plays made by wonderful athletes on both sides. This is one of the first round matchups that had me thinking, dang, where you place in your bracket really matters because both these teams, you know, might have been good enough to be a 15 or 16 seed at the state tournament. However, they don't get past each other and they kind of wear each other down for the rest of the tournament in Rawson Valley's case. Speaking of really talented teams that may have got screwed by their bracket, but honestly came to play today, it was Evergreen versus Columbine White on field two. And Columbine White was pretty obviously, I'd say, outmatched. Um partially due to the fact that on their opening drive, number six for Evergreen had a pick six and they converted. And on Columbine's second drive, they go four and out and have a turnover on downs. Evergreen here, mixing it up a little bit and keeping balanced. They have a run that picks up a first down before running left and right to kind of spread the defense out. While their next pass is incomplete, the pass right after that on fourth down that's still pretty far from the end zone is a pass over the middle to number 25, and that is good for Evergreen's second score. Now, Columbine, on their very next drive here, they come out and they run and lose some yards on that, and then they throw another pick six to number 21 for Evergreen, and after a good conversion here, it is just starting to look like a hopeless battle and that theme continues here with Columbine White going four and out on their very next drive. Luckily, the Cougars did not have enough time to capitalize off of that from Columbine here. So they are stuck just waiting for halftime. Now, Evergreen, they come out here and they move the ball all the way past midfield and I mean, eventually when Columbine does get the ball back, I kind of think that this official score might be a little off because I could have sworn Evergreen scored another touchdown. But ultimately, there's another interception whenever Columbine finally gets a chance to drive the ball. Evergreen, they do go four and out twice for the rest of the game, but Columbine is not able to, I don't even think, pick up a first down for the entirety of this game. And the Cougars defeat the Rebels 20 to zero in this opening round of flag in region three. Now on the third field was obviously a high seed versus a lower seed. You had Chatfield varsity two facing against Aurora West college prep here. This team looked quite unorganized turning the ball over. It looks like 
four times in this game. And Chatfield wasn't even playing their best ball, honestly. I see them go four and out with four straight incompletions on one drive before finally getting things clicking with a pass right for a first down to number 32 on the catch. And after another incomplete pass, they had to go into half and that drive left with nothing. And another turnover on downs, honestly, was kind of a slow day at the races for the Chargers. But when you score early on your first drive and set yourself up in a good position, along with getting interceptions inside of Aurora West territory, there's really not too much to stress out about here. Chatfield also scoring a touchdown on their second drive after the half on a big completion here. I even notated that for the Chargers, they did have some pretty obvious playmakers. Their quarterback number 19 always looks so composed and looks like she has a really good connection and chemistry with number 18 on that team. And number 32, like I said, picking up first downs and big chunks of yards. They will pass the ball plenty here, and that would be more than enough for the Chargers to win this game. 18-0 and all but conclude the very first round. There's only one other game going on, but most of these other games are going to be round two. And folks, it's time to get excited. This is our last page of three games going on at the same time. So I know that I'm excited because my notes get a little bit better here and the recaps get a little bit better. But in this very first game over here on the left field, number three, it is going to be Douglas County versus Chatfield V2 here. And this is a great matchup, honestly, and it made me feel kind of tough for Douglas County, but more on that later because they start off here and after an incomplete pass and a run to the left, they do throw an interception. Now, Chatfield, not one to scoff at opportunities here, do have an incompletion to start their drive, but a pass over the middle picks up some yards and then a run right is for a positive gain before the quarterback number 19 dials up a pass to the left to number 18 here for the score and after the conversion is good douglas county here feeling a little bit of a need to respond and they somewhat do they have two consecutive passes over the middle the latter one getting past midfield for a first down now they slow down for just a second, but I'd rather call it a hiccup here on that incompletion because following that they have a nice pass left for a big gain and then a pass over the middle to number two who scores here for the Huskies before they do not convert on the conversion here. So it's still within a couple points here and the Chargers get the ball right back. But this offense is just such a buzzsaw as they rip off a big run left for a solid gain. This quarterback is able to make moves with her own legs and pick up chunk yardage. They find number 32 and dial up a play for her to pick up a nice set of yards. And then a pass right picks up a first down before they dial up some trickery here to get number 23 in the end zone and regain a more breathable lead over Douglas County here. Douglas County with their last drive before the half come out and surprise the Chargers with a quick run, but two quick incompletions would send us to halftime and unfortunately for the Huskies, give Chatfield the ball here. Now, Chatfield with the ball and looking to increase their lead, 
does not succeed as the Huskies play very solid coverage and a combination of that with a few drops leads to a turnover on downs. Now, Douglas County with the ball back has a pass over the middle that picks up a solid gain, but following two incompletions on the next three plays would turn over on downs. This is a big drive for Chatfield here that does take up quite some time as they have a pass over the left and then over the middle that both push them forward. Now, an incompletion does spell trouble for the Chargers on fourth down, but a pass over the middle picks up a good gain and a penalty would push the Chargers beyond midfield. However, the Huskies defense would respond and show that they are not just all bark, but some bite as number 24 once again for Douglas County making plays at the rusher position gets a sack on the Chargers. This would end up stalling out the rest of the drive as two of the next three plays are incompletions and leads to a turnover on downs. Now, Douglas County, they start off with an incomplete pass, but a couple of passes over the middle gets them close to midfield before passing off to the right picks up a first down. And then on the very next play for this squad, the Huskies would bobble, 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 and reel in the touchdown here to make it 12 to 14. And so the Huskies, they go for two here, and the conversion is no good. Ouch. You hate to see that, but the Huskies are not over this game yet as they force, well, you know, there's a pass left for Chatfield that gains a couple yards, but two consecutive run plays are brought down for a loss. And so Chatfield is kind of forced to pass the ball here on fourth down. And Douglas County does get an interception and has one last chance to take a shot for the end zone. And it is incomplete, which unfortunately brings Douglas County's season to an end here. Honestly, a team that is ripe full of athletes. I hope that some of those athletes weren't seniors yet, just so we can see them return and get to know them a little bit better. And also, if you do hear your number mentioned on the show, please do reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you and uh, get your story and your perspective here for flag football here in Colorado. But that'll do it as Chatfield advances beyond the second round and punches their ticket to state with a 14 to 12 win over Douglas County Purple. Now this next game, we have the home field Grizzlies taking on Legacy Navy. Whoever wins this game punches their ticket to state as one of the top four teams in regionals here. And so how does Thunder Ridge come out the gate? Well, they come out the gate with a hook and ladder left. And this is a play that they would come back to a few more times throughout this tournament. But an interception only two plays later would set up Legacy Navy in ripe field position. And they would pick up a few yards on two consecutive runs, but just showed that they don't quite have their passing game ironed out yet with an incompletion. And then a sack from the Grizzlies would force a turnover on downs and save them from a potentially dangerous situation. On the next Grizzly drive, they do have a pass over the middle that picks up a solid gain, and they follow that up with another pass over the middle, this time for a first down. Following two incompletions, they go back to the run game here to their scat back here who picks up a few yards, but a pass over the middle is not enough to get into the end zone, and it is a turnover on downs. Legacy Navy here ends up fumbling the ball a little bit on this very first play. And after two more runs, they are facing fourth and long and have a run left that is brought down for a loss, and it is a turnover on downs. 
Thunder Ridge on their very first play come out here and uncork a big touchdown here and convert to finally get on the board and put some space between themselves and Legacy Navy. Legacy Navy, feeling some of the pressure, comes out and throws, but is picked off by number 14 of Thunder Ridge, who takes it all the way for the touchdown here and will lead for the Grizzlies into halftime. Legacy Navy here trying to just get anything going, but unfortunately have a turnover on downs, and Thunder Ridge will take up quite a few plays on their next drive here with a pass left, another pass to the left side that picks up a first down, a pass right that picks up a solid gain, and a few incompletions would eventually give Legacy Navy back the ball, but this Thunder Ridge defense is just an iron vice, and there is no getting past it as they turn over on downs. And Thunder Ridge, with a huge pass to number 31 for a first down on their very first play of the game, looks to score one more time and put this game out of reach, and that is exactly what they will do, as just a few plays later, number 15 catches another touchdown, and after the conversion is good, that would reflect in the final score here, Thunder Ridge beating Legacy 22-0 here and awaiting to see who comes out of the top right corner of the bracket. There's still one more game in the first round that we have to wait on, and that is over on field one. That is Horizon Burgundy versus Eagle Crest Red, and I could just tell from the get-go this was not going to be a very good game here as Horizon Burgundy starts off with a huge touchdown to 44 and converting Eagle Crest barely getting past the first down on four plays and you know they keep this drive alive but it just is not going to be enough for Horizon Burgundy to not scoff at and eventually get the ball themselves where they throw it to number one for a touchdown and get a conversion that just looks too easy. There's then an interception by number 35 on Eagle Crest Red's next drive, and Horizon Burgundy, after a short run to the right for a gain, they throw another touchdown to number 44, and if you can't tell, that is kind of the pattern of this game. Number 7 gets in on the scoring action, number 11 gets an interception, Number 44 of Eagle Crest does get an interception, which is basically the highlight of the Raptors' plays in this game. But there is no doubt on who the better team is as Horizon Burgundy beats Eagle Crest Red 41-0 here. And now we are all moving a little bit closer to the creme de la creme here of the four teams that will qualify. Thunder Ridge already having punched their ticket. Chatfield having already punched their ticket. And now, moving on to just two fields will be a lot better for note's sake. Now, whoever wins this game will punch their ticket to state. These next two games, actually, as they are still trying to qualify for the semis in this regional. Cherry Creek Blue had a bye, and they are now facing Ralston Valley White. Cherry Creek here, looking like professionals with a run over the middle and then a couple of incomplete passes you'd think would rattle them but then they stay tight and pass over the middle for a first down now on their very next pass it does turn into a tip drill for Ralston Valley White and number 19 comes down with the interception giving Ralston Valley the football now Ralston Valley here they have a couple of plays over the middle that gain some yards but two incompletions with a fearsome pass rush from Cherry Creek would force a turnover on downs Cherry Creek with the ball right back, 
gets a couple of runs, one of those going for a first down with their electric running back number 31. And after a pass over the middle has a solid gain, they pass it right to number 10 who just reaches above the sea of hands and comes down with a touchdown. And after a conversion here, Cherry Creek is feeling quite good. Now on Rouse and Valley's opening drive, number 21 for Creek does get a tackle pull for loss and three straight incompletions on once again, just a ferocious pass rush from the Bruins forces a turnover on downs. Now, Cherry Creek here starts off with a, a pair of runs that pick up a pretty substantial amount of yardage before an incompletion on third puts them in a spot here on fourth down, but they stay composed and they complete a pass right for a first down. Following another pass over the middle and an incompletion, they pass it right once again to their tall target number 10 here. She comes down with another touchdown catch and the conversion is no good, but the damage is done here for Rouse and Valley who can't quite scrape anything together prior to halftime. But Rouse and Valley would start with the football after half and get a run through the middle for a few yards, but two incompletions would only predate something worse as they throw a pass and that is gonna be intercepted by number 28 of Cherry Creek here. Cherry Creek, unable to do anything, the Rouse and Valley defense buckles down the hatches and forces four straight incompletions for a turnover on downs. However, that would not be enough as on Rouse and Valley's very first play, number 10, once again, just causing headaches for the Mustangs here, gets an interception, this time on the defensive side of the ball. She just can't stop ripping the ball away with incredibly strong hands and great positioning for these kind of plays. Now, Cherry Creek, they run a right play for a solid gain, and then they pass it up over the middle to number 13, who comes down with the score. And after a conversion, Rouston Valley here is scrambling, trying to figure something out. But they have three consecutive runs that are all for loss. And after another run over the middle, does not quite gain enough, they turn over on downs. Now, Cherry Creek here, they have a big pass over the middle for a solid gain. And then a pass to the right gets past the first down, this one going to number 13. But number two for Rouston Valley, trying to keep the Mustangs' hopes alive, times the play here and jumps the pass and gets an interception. Now, Rouston Valley here, they will eventually on this drive finally get some points as they have a pass over the middle to number six, who catches for the score here. But unfortunately, I think it's just too little too late as Rouston Valley, they would get one more chance at a drive here but just stall out with some incompletions. They get past midfield, but like I said, too little too late as Cherry Creek advances 14 or 15 to six to advance to the second round. Or the semis, I should say, since that was the second round. My bad. Now on the other field, also fighting to see who gets to go to state is Evergreen and Horizon. Both these teams looked insanely dominant in their opening round win. And honestly, I think both these teams could have probably made state, but you know, it's all about what you do in your part of the bracket. And let's see who takes care of business here. Evergreen starting off with an incompletion, but a nice run left picks up a solid amount of yards, but the horizon defense buckles down as well as aided by some miscues on offense, leading to a turnover on downs for Evergreen. Now, Horizon Burgundy with the ball, they do have a completion to start their drive, but
but an incompletion slows it down. But two more passes, one over the middle and then one to the right would pick up a first down. And they just continue to take what the defense gives them. An incompletion here on first down, but another pass left and then a pass over the middle deep bomb to number 11 is brought in for the touchdown. And they also convert throwing to number 11 near the boundary for the conversion after the score. Evergreen, now having started with a ball and already behind, wants to pick up where they left off last game and get the offense jump started, but three incompletions out of their four plays would lead to a turnover on downs. Now, Horizon Burgundy here, they start off with two incompletions on their own as Evergreen is starting to jump on passes a little bit more, and so then they settle for a run left that picks up a solid gain, and then a pass that unluckily for Horizon, but luckily for Evergreen, hits the turf. Otherwise, it might have been a score, and that is a turnover on downs. Now, Evergreen here with the ball back finally gets their first first down of the game here on third with a pass left to number six, who gets the first down. That is the snapper for the Cougars. They then have another pass over the middle for a substantial gain prior to an incompletion, but they stick to the middle here and they throw it to number two who brings in the pass and scores for Evergreen, giving them a much closer margin to work with, but their conversion is no good. Horizon Burgundy is unable to accomplish anything at prior to half, but they do come out with the ball after half and immediately have a pass right for a substantial gain and then a pass over the middle to number six who picks up the first down. Actually, that's to number 11 for the first down. On the very next play, on just a three-play drive, they have a big pass over the middle to number three for a touchdown, and after converting, continue to widen this gap here against the Cougars. Down but not out, the Cougars complete a pass over the middle, and just a couple plays later, get a first down with another pass over the middle, sticking with lots of checkdowns to number six, who's able to make some moves and pick up some yards. They complete another pass over the middle and then two passes in the direction of the right here. One eventually goes to number 20 who scores a touchdown, but the Cougars just unable to convert on those PATs, starting to make it look like a very big gap, especially if Horizon Burgundy can score one more time here. So on this very decisive drive in this game, Horizon Burgundy comes out with a nice pass over the middle for a substantial gain that is right before two incompletions. Now, on fourth down, they do complete a pass right to number 12, who picks up the first down and puts them on the other side of midfield, and then a pass left to number 12 again, but this one actually is in the end zone here for number 12, making some nice moves with the ball as well as without the ball and getting open, and after a conversion, this is now suddenly a two-score game for Evergreen. Despite having scored twice, their PAT is not helping them out whatsoever. Now, on first down, they come out with a big pass over the middle to number six, who does pick up a first down. And they are feeling themselves with four downs to try and score and get the ball back with about two minutes left, maybe. But three out of the four plays are incompletions, and it is a turnover on downs and Horizon Burgundy will have two minutes to try and burn off the clock here. They get a gain left and then a run left before taking a timeout to draw up a good play here where they pass it left and get past the first down and put themselves in a position to kneel this game away and punch their ticket 
to state horizon burgundy outlasting the evergreen cougars and making big plays when it mattered on those pats winning 21 to 12 to advance to the semis here now the beauty about these final two games is that they are between teams that we will all be seeing this saturday and hopefully we will see you out there at the pat bullen Fieldhouse for the state championships and this very first game on my left they're actually happening simultaneously but the first one i'm covering is thunder ridge versus horizon burgundy now horizon burgundy will start with the ball here and get two passes over the middle completed and moving past midfield after another pass right picks up a solid gain they then try a pass to the left side but that is broken up by number 30 peyton winningham for an incompletion and on the very next play they also lose a couple of yards now there is a penalty on the subsequent play on thunder ridge that provides an opportunity for horizon to pass left to number 19 who scores the touchdown as well as the conversion and i believe puts horizon up seven to zero now the grizzlies here looking to respond and don't do so as number 12 for Horizon Burgundy gets an interception on this opening play of the Thunder Ridge drive. And the Thunder Ridge defense has their backs against the wall and a tall order on the menu to try and get out of this situation without allowing any points. And Horizon Burgundy starts off pretty tame here with a run to the left. And after a pass incompletion, they are still not really feeling too much pressure here, completing another pass over the middle and a fourth pass over the middle here, or I should say a pass on fourth down over the middle is not enough for the score. And the Grizzlies whew, survive this red zone trip in that turnover. Now with the ball right back, they do hand off left to number 28, who has a big gain getting all the way past the first down marker. Following a run right for a solid gain, the Grizzlies show that they can air it out a little bit here with a pass over the middle. Now, they do have an incompletion on third down that sets up fourth, but a pass right to number 28. She makes some insane moves, makes a few defenders miss, and streams all the way to the end zone here, and they get a touchdown for the I want to say that they went for two on this specific play and have a lead here. So... With that in mind, Horizon Burgundy with the ball back here. They have a short pass left before uncorking a big bomb over the middle to number 11, who gets all the way inside the five-yard line. And this is exactly where Horizon wants to be, right back up on the ball and throwing another touchdown to number 19 for the Hawks here. The conversion is no good, and they lead 13-8. to Now, Thunder Ridge trying to get something going before half. They have a pass right that picks up a decent amount of yards, but a false start would push them back and kind of kill the momentum of this drive as they go into half scoreless. But that is not a big deal as they will start with the ball in the second half. They come out with a pass that is for a nice game here and a pass to the right that would eventually pick up a first down. But the magic fizzles out here out the gate with four straight incompletions tearing apart this grizzly drive and giving horizon burgundy the ball back now they keep it 
you know, pretty under control here, trying to get the defense off balance with a run left and then a run right for a solid gain. But they go right back to their bread and butter of the pass. This time is over the middle to number 12, who picks up the first down. After another gain on a pass left, Thunder Ridge gets another big play from their defense with number 18 notching a sack here, and that kind of disrupts the rest of this drive that would eventually end in a turnover on downs. Now Thunder Ridge, with the ball here, throws a pass right to 28, who jets ahead for the first down. Now there's another pass over the middle to number 19 for a solid gain, and another pass over the middle, this time to number 15, who's one of the most unstoppable receivers in this entire tournament here, and that will put the Grizzlies back within striking distance, but on the conversion here, it is no good, and so it is only 14 to 13 here, with Thunder Ridge barely nursing a lead. Now, Horizon Burgundy, not immune to big plays themselves, starts off with a run left before a pass over the middle to number 19 picks up a first down. They come right back to the middle of the field with another pass, and after an incompletion, they pass it right to number 11, who comes down with the score here and puts Horizon back up ahead. And the Hawks do convert on the two-point conversion and go up 21-14. to 14. Now, Thunder Ridge, with their backs on the wall here, want to try and get out of this game and get down the field. They get a pass right. Two consecutive pass rights actually that are complete, helping them move the ball along nice and well before a hook and ladder to the left does pick up a first down. Now, there is an incompletion on the very next play, but the quarterback for this team, who I want to say is maybe Jack Horsford's younger sibling, if that is correct, please let us know. But Horsford here uncorks a big pass over the middle to number 15, who comes down with it for the score here and now the Grizzlies trail 20 to 21 and they are lining up for the two-point conversion they're going for the win here and the two-point conversion is good for Thunder Ridge here who is now ahead 22 to 21 and Horizon Burgundy with one last chance here throws up a pass and number 14 picks the ball off and ends this game sending the Grizzlies to the regional championship in their home stadium here, 22 to 21. I guarantee you Horizon Burgundy would love to see these folks here again the in the state tournament. But for now, they got to pack up and head home or study the other matchup on field one. Now, the crowds are really invested in this one as we have Cherry Creek Blue versus Chatfield Varsity 2 here. And Cherry Creek coming out with as much poise as they always do in their games here with a pass over the middle for a gain to get things rolling. And then another pass to the right that picks up a first down. This one going to number 10 who continues to be a mismatch against anybody she is lined up against. Now, while they do hiccup here with an incompletion, they do find number 18 over the middle for the touchdown on the pass and convert on the point after try. Now, Chatfield here, not, you know, new to this scene of being down and maybe looked down upon here. They come out with two straight completions over the middle prior to an incompletion. And on fourth down, they do pass it right here for a first down. Now, they have another pass right and over the middle, and they continue to just 
throw the ball here and put some spin on it. And the quarterback 19 dots up 22 here for the touchdown to pull this back in. But the conversion is no good. Now, Cherry Creek with the ball here has an incompletion. And then number 64 for Chatfield gets an interception here. Immediately, her flags are pulled, but that still gives Chatfield great field position here and a chance to take the lead. Now, Chatfield here, they do stall out and run into a kind of rough patch here, a cold patch with three straight incompletions. And by the time they get a gain to the left, it is not enough and it is too late and it is a turnover on downs. Now, Creek looking to capitalize off of their defense, saving them will not get that benefit as they have a pass left to start their drive. But Chatfield and receivers helping force three straight incompletions is another turnover on downs. And this is a great defensive showing by both these teams as the Chargers here, they come out with a run right and an incompletion predating a pass left. But number 21 for Creek gets a sack here and forces Chatfield to turn over on downs. Now, Creek will not have enough time before half here. And unfortunately for them, Chatfield will start with the ball. But much to their own discomfort here, the Chargers start off with a bad snap and two incompletions sets up a very long hole to try and get a first down. They try to do some trickery motion maneuvering here with a run left, but they don't pick up a first and that's a turnover on downs. Now, Creek here trying to score for the first time since the basically opening drive here, and they will not have that amount of luck as they lose yards on an initial run, and then another run gets to the line of scrimmage before two incompletions gives the Chargers the ball right back. Now, they are feeling themselves on this drive, getting past midfield on just their second play with a pass right to number 23, but 28 for Creek flips the script and gets an interception giving creek the ball and then there's a big pass play left to number 18 for a solid gain and then a run left from number three gets a first down just a very athletic runner and while there are two incompletions on the next three plays here they do get close enough for a passing touchdown to number two and while the conversion is no good that would basically be all that creek needs as chatfield with the pressure on them unfortunately you know i mean to their credit they do get a couple of runs in and a penalty pushes them past midfield but they have four straight incompletions here to end the game and turnover on downs and cherry creek with two minutes left gets a run left from number three for a first down and that'll eat up enough clock for them to eventually kneel this game out and advance to the regional championship with a 14-6 win over Chatty. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, it is time for the Region 3 Championship between Cherry Creek Blue and Thunder Ridge. Now, in those other games, things were a little bit different. Creek had a different set of uniforms on, and so that roster, real quick, just to shout those girls out before their numbers change up, Number one, Alex Gribb. Number two, Samantha Grutch. Number three, Addie Beck. Number Addie Beck here with huge, huge focal point of the Cherry Creek offense with her ability to move laterally. So anytime you hear about runs, it is probably Addie here. Number four, Megan Chen. Number five, Molly Dorgi. Cameron Kelly at number seven. Sophia Ball here. Huge mismatch in the passing game here for Creek 
with extensive reach and just a towering presence. Number 11, Sarah Reynolds making plays. Mia Petrina at number 13 was also making plays in those games. And then Lexi Robar, number 21, a big pass rusher for the Bruins. And I want to say number 28, Ada Kleck had an interception. But for the full number game, just go ahead and run back through those recaps. I say as I jump into the last recap of the morning here, Saturday on the, what was that, 7th? <laughs> but anyways, Creek to start. They have a pass up the middle. Once again, they have different numbers here, so not going to match the roster that I just went over, but they have a pass over the middle to 52 for a solid game. But Thunder Ridge responds with a flagpole for loss from number 28. After a false start here, Creek just continues to lose yards, and a run up the middle sets up fourth and seven. They pass to number 45, who gets a first down, and then 44 runs left for over 10 yards. On third down, they pass to number 53, who does come down with the score, and number 46 catches the conversion, putting Creek up early. Now, Thunder Ridge, they come out with a swing pass right to number 28, their speedy back for 10 yards, but an incomplete pass and a run right sets up fourth and one. They call a quarterback keeper, and that will get the first down here, giving the Grizzlies life and getting the stands pumped in this championship game. Now, this would be short-lived optimism here with incomplete passes and a bad lateral on a flea flicker, bringing up fourth and eternity where an incomplete pass is a turnover on downs. Now, Creek, they don't match their first drive here with an incomplete pass to start off, and then after a couple of runs, it is fourth and nine, and number 28 for Thunder Ridge gets the sack and forces a turnover on downs. Now, Thunder Ridge... They get a toss right here to start their drive for a nice chunk. But after an incompletion is third and one and number 31 gets the sack for Cherry Creek, setting up fourth and eight where they run the football and they are just short of the sticks on the left side. And Creek basically has the ball with two minutes to go. Now a swing right to 55 cuts inside and gets a nice chunk before there's an injury timeout on the field, slowing down the action. There's then a run left that does pick up a first down and a pass is tossed up. And after a few bobbles, it is intercepted by number 16. I believe her name is Allie Orsford here. And that'll take us to halftime here with Creek leading by just a score. Now, Thunder Ridge here in the second half, they get a nice gain with number 19 that sets up second and 10. But after an incompletion, the next pass is intercepted by number 45 of Cherry Creek. Creek, they're starting on the other side of midfield, and they have a pass right to number 70 who just reached where no one else could. They then have another pass left for a few that gets them inside the one-yard line, and they throw it to the top shelf, 45 for the score, and after a pass to 53, their conversion is also good. Thunder Ridge needs to score on this drive, and they get a nice chunk of yards with a swing pass left to number 9, before another sack from Cherry Creek is just putting Thunder Ridge in bad situations here. They try and dial up a quick pass, but the receiver and the quarterback are not on the same page, setting up fourth and long, and a hook and ladder does not reach the first down with a turnover on downs. Creek here, trying to eat up as much time as they can and be strategic about this drive, has a quick pass left to number 52, and then a short pass left to number 46. They then pass right, and it cuts inside, 
but a flag guard will push it back and make it fourth and six. The quarterback here on fourth and six does tuck and run for the first, which is massive here at just eating the clock. They call a swing right that is quickly extinguished by number 28 of Thunder Ridge. And then number 15 for the Grizzlies has a flagpole for loss and things are looking up for Thunder Ridge here. But after a pass over the middle sets up fourth and 10, there's another incompletion. But Thunder Ridge only with three minutes to go here. They get a quick throw left before an incompletion, but they get a first down pass deep over the middle. And on the next play, there's a penalty that pushes them back and a couple of incompletions sets up fourth and goal from behind midfield after that penalty. And they try and huck it deep, but it is incomplete. And that is the last play of the game as Cherry, Qu Cherry Creek wins region three to the tune of, I want to say that's a 16 to zero win for the Bruins here. Bruins, very happy. All high spirits here for them heading into state. And the other three teams definitely wanting another shot at Creek, but they will have to earn it through the bracket coming up this weekend at Pat Bowen Fieldhouse. We hope to all see you there. And uh, yeah, help support girls flag football. That is one of the most exciting sports on the docket here in Colorado right now. Hello, beautiful people. This is Gideon coming to you from the Playmakers Corner. And today, I'm going to be telling you about what happened in Region 4 of the Colorado Girls Flag Football Regionals. I'm going to go through round by round, talking about the players from the different teams that and the plays during the different games that I saw that made a big impact on me. Keep in mind, please, that it is difficult to watch three games at once. <laughs> um, it's difficult for me to watch one game at once and get everything sometimes. So, it, I, I did my best here. So, starting off, we're going to go round one, Legacy Gold versus Pomona 2. Uh, during lunch after regionals, Cody made the joke, You've heard of Pomona, but have you heard of Pomona 2? And I thought it was hilarious, but now that we're done with dad jokes, on to the actual recap. So, so first, uh, yeah, looking at Pomona 2, uh, the really big plays that I saw is, uh, <clears throat> well, I saw Bryn Vaughn, uh, number 21, she got a pass deflection to stop a conversion. Jessica Rosas, uh, she also had a pass deflection, and then number 10, Ruby Dominique. Uh, Dominguez Perez. Uh, she also got a pass deflection in there. Honestly, that's most of what I saw from Pomona 2. And they did end up losing 20-0 to Legacy Gold. And, I mean, looking at Legacy Gold, they really did dominate in this first game. So, looking at it, first what I saw was uh, Sophia Salazar. She got an interception early on. And then... Uh, in the second half, we see Kaylee Schaub. She also, uh, well, by the way, Salazar's interception was a was a pick six, I believe. Uh, number nine, Schaub. She also got an interception. And then uh, Gianna Schmidt did throw to Jasmine Blackwell for about like a most of the field type of touchdown. And then uh, the two the pair repeated for a conversion. And then I also saw uh, number fourteen, Ab. 
Amy Weedley, she got a touchdown as well. Again, Legacy Gold would win over Pomona 20-0. Next up, we have Columbine Navy versus Thomas Jefferson. Now, Columbine Navy, that was a team that uh, did very, very well in this one. But I'm going to start with Thomas Jefferson in this one. Uh, yeah, so let's see. The QB, she ended up... Uh, by the way, Thomas Jefferson, I could not read your jerseys for the life of me. So, if I got your number, you're lucky. Um, quarterback uh, did throw to a receiver for about 25 and then for a touchdown. Uh, number nine, who is uh, uh, Cardona Mullaney, or Mullaney Cardona, sorry. Uh, she did get a, she did stop a touchdown. Number eight, we see that is. Never mind, that was uh, Cardona again. She managed to get a pass deflection. Uh, well, no, not a pass deflection. She got, she got an interception in the end zone uh, to close the half. Uh, we see a couple more pass deflections in there, but honestly, the real... Uh, they, they did score a touchdown there, so they managed to put some points up on the board, but they did fall to column by Navy, 34-6. to so what we see first of all is, uh, I, I believe it's Michaela Heinke. She managed to throw for full field tutty. And then uh, Kaylin Karash, she also had a touchdown. And then we do see that Lexi Pagliasati, she got a conversion. Uh, number five, we see... There is no number five listed on the roster, but uh, I'm going to assume that's number six, Reese Swensden. Uh, she also got an interception and then a 10-yard touchdown. Uh, we also find that uh, Cherish Ruiz would throw all the way to Kiana Dominguez for a touchdown and then would also throw over to Emily Allison for a tutty as well. We do also find that uh, McKaylee... Murphy would catch an INC, and then we'd see also that Dexter would get a pass deflection in this one, winning again for Columbine Navy, 34-6 over Thomas Jefferson. Next up, we have Rangeview taking on Colorado Springs Christian. CSCS having a bit of a tough go of it in this one. Uh, we see, though, that number five, Ashley Jayski, she managed to uh, get a pass deflection to stop conversion. And then we also see Lindsay Moore would pass to Brianna Poirier for about 15. And then later on, uh, Jordan West would also get a pass deflection. Unfortunately, though, for the Lions, they would fall to the Rangeview Raiders 24-0. And looking at it, yeah, Rangeview, they did a really good job in this game. They were able to force a turnover on downs. Uh, number 20, Ashanti Robinson. She would throw over to Jaslyn Yamona for about 20. And then uh, number 3, Anaya Johnson. She would run in for a touchdown. And then uh, a repeat from Robinson. This time over to... Well, I wrote down 23, but obvious, but there is no 23 on the roster. But it was a half-field uh, touchdown, but Flaggarden called it back. 
Uh, we do see that Nash, Nashi Lynn Brown would get a pick, uh, and and then yeah, uh, they managed to force a turnover on downs. Uh, Robinson would repeat back over to Yamona for another touchdown, which 23 would convert on uh, Robinson to Yamona again for another touchdown, and then also Kasia Brown would get a pick six. Next up, uh, <laughs> I feel bad for this one. Uh, Thornton would take on Valor Gold. Or not Valor Gold, Valor Navy, sorry. Um, Thornton, my first note is that they only had seven girls on that roster. Uh, yeah, uh, number eight, April Armendariz. Uh, she managed to get a really, really nice catch uh, for about 10 yards through traffic. And then uh, my other note was that number 35, uh, your mom was really, really good conversation up in the stands when I first got there at like 7.45. So I hate to say it, this wasn't really the best game for the Trojans. Um, from the sounds of it, they were just excited that they got to play it all. So, you know, take all the enjoyment out of this that you can. However, they did play Valor Navy, who were a very, very skilled team. I mean, looking at Valor Navy, the first thing I wrote on here was that uh, number seven, Quincy Warburton, she managed to get a really long touchdown. And the number eight, that is Macy Vatter. She also managed to get a pick later on in this game. And that pick did turn into a touchdown. Uh, number 23, Alexis Wood, she got a conversion. Number 40, Brooklyn Marchiondo, she also got a sack. Uh, number 1, Be Bella Spence, she got a tutty. Uh, I wonder kind of if she is related to Cash Spence uh, from the boys team, because that would be cool. And Grace Haynes managed to get a conversion. Uh, then number 9, I believe. Uh, 9 isn't listed here on the roster, but 9 got a tutty, and then... I stopped paying attention after that point, if I'm being completely honest, because the other games were going on, and uh, Valor Navy would win this one over Thornton, 40-0. Next up, we have another not-close-at-all type of game. Um, I feel kind of bad talking about these, but we have to to get through what happened in this. We see... Douglas County versus Mountain Vista Varsity. Now, Douglas County, glad that they were there. Uh, it was Douglas County White, by the way. Uh, and But my main thing uh, is number 14. That is Peyton Cannonberg. She managed to catch for about 10. And then later on in the game, Olivia Cordova, she caught for about 40, which was really, really cool. But... And, and here's the but, is that they lost to Mountain Vista Varsity 48-0. Um, here's what I got from that, though. Uh, we see number 15, Arabella Hebnick. She got a touchdown. And number 17, Braylon Looney. She also got a conversion. Number 16, Kylie Page. She got a pretty darn good touchdown. Full field that I remember. Uh, Hebnick, or Hebink. Uh, she got a pick six. Uh, Ajita Kanaju, she managed to get a 25-yard uh, play. We see Emily Wilms, she got a touchdown. 
Quinn McCall, she got a score. Uh, number 10, Madison Jones, she got a pick. And then uh, then Liliana Tarud, she managed to get one to number 8, who isn't listed. Uh, but that was for a touchdown as well. So not really a close game. Again, 48-0 in favor of Mountain Vista Varsity. Next up, though, we do have Smoky Hill versus Grandview. Uh, we're going to start with Grandview here. Grandview Blue, that is. And so the main things that I wrote down is that uh, number 15, that is Ava Wyrock. Uh, she got a, feel, a full field touchdown very, very early in this game. Number 20, Sadie Perry. She also got a tutty. And then the other play that stood out was that Wyrock. She got a play for 15 yards. The other team in this matchup uh, was Smoky Hill, and they would triumph in this game, uh, 20 to 12. Here, uh, the main note that I wrote for this one is that number 25, Kaya Enoch, she is extremely fast, and I mean extremely fast. But looking at it, number four, Anaya Seagars, she would get an interception in the end zone early on. And then Tanaya Cooks, she managed to get a 20-yard run in there. We also see that Yamoni Perez would throw to Josiah McPhail for about a for a touchdown. Later on, Enoch would get an interception. Uh, Perez would get a pass deflection. In that's all in the first half. Um, Enoch again extremely fast. She managed to get a, a catch for about three quarters of the field. And then McPhail, she managed to get a conversion along with Perez. Again, Smoky Hill winning that one 20-12. And finally, the uh, the first round game of the day, the Vanguard School taking on Denver South. Vanguard, I feel this is a team that could have gone to the finals uh, if they or the or state if they had drawn any other team in the first round. Uh, but looking at it. We see Vanguard. They have a really solid QB. Bailey Fritzke. She ended up throwing to Maddie Baker for a first down and 15 yards or early on. And then she managed to get 10 on a good crossbody pass. Uh, Fritzke, that is. Fritzke would then also get a good rushing touchdown off of juking a lot, a lot of people. Uh, yeah, they, uh, the conversion was good on that. Number 15, Natalie Roby. She would get a pass deflection. Uh, I gotta say, Fritzky really, really fast as well. But then Fritzky would also later throw to Zoe Zacharias for a full field crossbody touchdown, which Roby would get the conversion on. Roby also got a pass deflection and a pick six towards the end of this game to keep it close against Denver South, but they would fall short 21 to 28 because Denver South, they had a lot of high level playmakers on that roster and so looking at it early on we have number 11 that is Rosalie Shion she would get a pass deflection to force a turnover on downs number 21 Asia Daniels she got a full field touchdown and then uh, we also see number 30 Paige Wilson got a sack um, Matilda Abercrombie she got a pass deflection and then and then there was a pass over to number 22, Sofia Martinez, for about for the vast majority of the field there. 
We also see that number 14, Marley Witso, she would truck, and I mean truck a girl over for a touchdown. Uh, number 16, that is Alexa Fort. She managed to get the ball over to Nicole Marigawa. Sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, but managed to get it to her for a conversion in traffic. Uh, we also see that number one, uh, Kayleen Ramirez, she would pass over to number six, Iris Duran, for a touchdown. Uh, num we see Wilson would also get another sack, and then there would be a pass over to number 14, Witzo, for another touchdown. Uh, number 21, I believe that is Daniels, would get a pass deflection, force a late turnover on downs, and win the first round for the Denver South Ravens over the Vanguard School, 28-21. to Next up in the second round, we see the first matchup was Columbine Navy versus Rangeview. Going to start with Rangeview again in this one. And the Raiders did put up a heck of a fight here. We see uh, we see first Robinson passing back over to Yamona for about 25 yards. And then number three, Anaya Johnson. She would manage to get a 20-yard rushing touchdown before number seven, Aaliyah Trudeau bomb. She would get a conversion. Uh, number 10, who is Yamona, she would get an end zone interception, followed by number 3, Anaya Johnson, who also got a pick. J Anaya Johnson, she would also get about 40 yards on a play. And then also, Robinson would throw to number 22, who is not listed on the roster. Again, may have read it wrong, but that was for a touchdown. And then... Yeah, we see number 13 as well, Madison Caper. She would force a crucial crucial turnover on downs. I gotta say, though, Anaya Johnson, she is insanely good. I really like her game. Uh, some of the Columbine parents were complaining about her, but personally, I think uh, that she has got a decent chance at, as a sophomore, might I add, to play on the next level based off of the players that I have seen in flag. My word is not the gospel, but I think she's pretty solid. However, they needed one more touchdown because the Rangeview Raiders would fall to Columbine Navy 13-20. to Now, looking at the numbers that Columbine would put up in this game, number 9 would manage to get an interception, and then number 11, Carly Dexter, she would get a touchdown, Number followed by number 10, Maddie Allen. She would get a 15-yard run. Number 12, we see next up, Michaela Heinke. She managed to get a touchdown, followed by number five, Jordan Washington, getting an interception. Uh, number seven, again, that is McKaylee Murphy. She would also get a pick. And then uh, number five, Washington. She would throw over to Reese Swenston, number six, for a touchdown, on which number one, who is Emma Hertz, would convert. And then very late in this game, Murphy would get a crucial pass deflection to win it 20-13 over the Rangeview Raiders again for Columbine Navy to advance to the champ, well, to the final four, but also to qualify for state. Next up, we have Valor Navy taking on Legacy Gold. Going to start with Legacy Gold here, and what we see is uh, not much, if I'm being completely honest. The, the main things that I saw was that uh, number 32, who is uh, Riffer Hong, 
Uh, she managed to get a run for about 15. And then number 9, who is uh, Kaylee Schaub, she got an interception. Valor Navy, though, did manage to uh, put up quite big numbers there in this matchup. Uh, Valor would start off with a number 24, Abby Brown. She would get a touchdown. And then number 8, Macy Vatter, she got an interception. Uh, after another touchdown, uh, Keen Hazel Riggs, number 3, would get a conversion. And then, uh, yeah, Vatter went crazy in this one. She got two more interceptions, which helped Fowler Navy win this matchup over Legacy Gold 16-0, knocking the Lightning out of this tournament. Next up, we have Mountain Vista Varsity versus Denver South. Going to start with Denver South here, where we see that number 14, who is Marley Witso, she would manage to get for about 20. And then number 6, who is Iris Duran, would throw to number 16, Alexa Fort, for about a half field bomb. And then uh, number 21, Asha Daniels, or Asha Daniels, would get a tutty. After another tutty, we see that number 2, Matilda Abercrombie would get a pass deflection before one more touchdown of the season by number 15 to make it 22 points for Denver South, which unfortunately was short by 14 as Mountain Vista would win this one 36 to 22. Now, Mountain Vista. Also, I got to say, Mountain Vista, uh, thank you for organizing your roster so neatly. Everyone else uh, just about ordered their rosters very weirdly in a way which is hard to read. So, thank you to the Golden Eagles. But the Golden Eagles would also start with Grace Roscoe getting a touchdown, and then number 17, who is Braylon Looney, would go for about 25. Riley Rivera then would get a touchdown before number 12, Serena Ryder, would get a pass deflection. Uh, Emily Wilms would pass to Madison Jones for about a 15-yard score. And then number six, Lindsey Dondero would also throw over to Liana Rivera for a touchdown herself. Uh, number 14, the Liana Tarud would also throw over to Serena Ryder for a conversion. And then uh, 26, I think it is. Uh, it's either 26 or number 16, Kylie Page would then throw over to Liana Rivera. Rivera for a touchdown before Madison Jones would get an interception. Again, winning the game for Mountain Vista Varsity, 36-22 over Denver South. And finally, the last game of the second round, we see Smoky Hill and Ralston Valley Navy. Good to see Ralston Valley getting in the mix here. Smoky Hill, I'm going to start with them here. So we see that number 7, Yamani Perez, would throw to... Kaya Enoch for about 10, and then we see also that number 12, Ayana Hammond would get a touchdown. Uh, number 3, Jazala, uh, it's either Jaziah or Jazala uh, McPhail would get, a would get a catch for 25, but unfortunately that was most of the action for Smoky Hill as they would fall to Ralston Valley Navy 6-27, to and Ralston Valley really just a powerhouse here. Uh, I actually ran into Braden Smith, the quarterback, over at Stanley Lake for their boys team, which I thought was a pleasant surprise. Hi, Braden, if you're listening to this. Good to see you that day. 
But looking at Ralston Valley, first we see a pass all the way to Angela Mail, a senior for 15 yards. Then we would also see that uh, number 18, Cam Carmen Johnson, sorry, would throw to Addie Cadwell uh, for a touchdown. And then Gianna Tate would get a conversion there. Number eight, Gracie Hodgson, she got a sack. And then Tate would also get a touchdown. Number 15, who is Cadwell, she would get a 25-yard score. And then number 27, Carly No, she would get a conversion there. Tate would get an interception. And then number 26, Zoe Zoll would throw to number four, Gianna Tate, for another touchdown before Reese Perkinson got a pass deflection, again, to win for Ralston Valley Navy over Smoky Hill, 27-6. to and that's all for the second round. Now onto the final four. Looking at this final four round, we had Mountain Vista Varsity going up against Columbine Navy, and then Ralston Valley Navy going up against Valor Christian Navy. So three Navy teams here, which I, which I found pretty interesting. But first, looking at Mountain Vista Varsity versus Columbine Navy, we see Emily Wilms throwing over to Braylon Looney for about 20. Uh, Lindsay Dondero would get a sack here. And then Dondero, I believe it was. Uh, it was either her or or Wilms. Oh, wait, no, it was Wilms. Wilms would throw to uh, number one, Riley Rivera, for about 10. And then throw to her again for a touchdown. We also see Braylon Looney would get a sack here. Uh, and then would also get a pass deflection to stop a touchdown. And then also, number 13, Emily Savinsky would get an interception in this one for Mountain Vista Varsity. But unfortunately, they did fall short to Columbine Navy, 6-13. to 13. Last second uh, touchdown here from Columbine, though. Going to go over that here. Now, looking at Cal Columbine Navy's squad... They they managed to put up a heck of a fight here. Now, looking at it, uh, Reese Wenston, she would get a pass deflection very early on, and then Dexter would get an interception. Uh, number five, uh, who, yeah, Jordan Washington, she managed to throw all the way over to 24, Kiana Dominguez, for about 15, and then we also see that number two, Maddie Sabisky, or Sabesky, sorry, would get an interception on the conversion on one of those touchdowns earlier. Oh, not on one of them, on the touchdown. Uh, number five, again, Washington would scramble for about 15. And then we also see that number one, Emma Hertz, would get a pass deflection. Uh, there was some really, really good pressure here by number 11, Dexter. And uh, that pressure is something that I didn't really see much during the day, but it did put a lot of a lot of pressure on that quarterback. Well, I mean, obviously, it's called a pressure, but a lot of good, good decision-making uh, by the coach to make sure that you were putting the quarterback in that position. Now, we also see Washington would throw over to number three, Emily Allison, for about 20, and then Washington would again throw to number... 10, who is Maddie Allen for the game-tying touchdown. Uh, that, and then uh, we also see, and that that was a, that was when it was six to six, 
And then, number six, the player of the game, Reese Swenston. She managed to get a pick six very late on in this one to win it for Columbine Navy and send them to the regional championship against the winner of the game between Ralston Valley Navy and Valor Christian Navy. Uh, 13 to 6 was the score of that game, that is. So, now we're looking at Valor Christian Navy. So, looking at the events in this one, we see the number 15, Addie Cadwell, would catch and go for about 20 very early on. Uh, number 26, Zoe Zoll, she would throw to number 12, uh, Grace Landvik, for about a 15-yard touchdown. And then uh, we also see that Zoll would run for about 10. Uh, yeah, we see uh, Val, uh, Ralston Valley would would eventually put up 13 points in this one, but it was half halfway short as they would lose to Valor Christian Navy 13 to 26. Now, this game for Valor Christian Navy was pretty pretty solid, but going over it for you. Uh, number nine, we see that uh, she would get a 40-yard touchdown. Savannah, it's uh, not Savannah. Savannah Khan would get that, and then would get yet another touchdown there. Uh, number 12, who is Claire Faf, would throw over to number 23, Alexis Wood, for a 30-yard touchdown before halftime. Then we also see that Keen Hazel Riggs, number three, would get a pass deflection before number seven, Quincy Warburton, would go for about 25. Number nine, again, that is Khan, would go for a touchdown. And then number three, Hazel Riggs, would get an interception. And that was, uh, that was the game there. Valor Christian would win over Ralston Valley 26-13 uh, to 13 here and would eventually go on to face Columbine Navy in the championship. Um, all around, really, really solid games there. But on to the championship round now. So Columbine Navy is the team that I'm going to start with here. And yeah, looking at how they did in this championship game against Valor Christian Navy, we see that Jordan Washington, she would pass to Emily Allison for about 20, and then she would run for 10 herself. Uh, Washington would then throw over to number eight, who is Cherish Ruiz for about 15 before halftime. And honestly, they were just struggling to find a rhythm in this one, unfortunately. Uh, they had some injuries, and it sounded like they were having a little bit of a rough time finding their groove. So, I mean, they're going to state regardless, so they'll have a chance to recover and move forward from this, but they ended up not putting up any points in this matchup uh, and they would fall to valor christian navy who he, here's what that looks like for them where we first see that number 25 madison roselle would get a touchdown for about 35 yards before number 40 brooklyn marchionado uh, would get a sack or marchiondo sorry uh, then we also see that number 24, Abby Brown, would get a pick six before number 23, Alexis Wood, would would get 20 yards on. And honestly, Valor Christian Navy was just dominating on both sides of the ball here. And I mean, that was proven when we saw Alexis Wood get another touchdown 
followed by Madison Roselle getting one of her own and Wood getting a conversion. Valor Christian Navy would win this one 24-0, hoisting the Region 4 trophy, getting as good of a playoff spot as you are able to get here. And all around, that is my recap of these games. But I do have a little bit extra since I do have access to the rosters from this matchup. I asked the fellow, the people at the Broncos tent. I'm sorry I forgot to get your name. You were really chill though. Thank you. But here are my top four players from Region 4. Uh, in no particular order, that is. Uh, first, we have from Rangeview, number three, Anaya Johnson, the sophomore. Really, really solid job in this one. Really fast. Athleticism stood out to me there. Uh, next up, we have number 25 out of Smoky Hill High School. That is Kaya Enoch. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but she is also a sophomore. Insane speed, really good hands. Very good job in this one. And then we have from the Vanguard School, number four, Bailey Fritzka. Again, really, really good quarterback. Great at juking out her defenders. And really solid arm. She was, I mean, the receivers always didn't, didn't always get it. But she was able to get it into a really good spot. Tight, as tight of a spiral as I've seen from anyone outside of Arvada West or Pomona 1. So, really, really solid job there. I, I still feel like they could have qualified if they had been anywhere but against Denver South. And then finally, we see from Valor Christian, number 23, Alexis Wood, really put on display some two-way versatility there. I feel good about a Valor Navy team that has her... On that team but that's all that I have for today for the region 4 recap I've been Gideon and I will see you all at the state championship tournament next weekend at the Broncos practice facility hope you all stay safe stay hydrated and I'll see you then peace all right coach V here to wrap this thing up thank you so much for rocking with us we really appreciate it and make sure you check out the colorado girls high school flag football state finals on october 14th at pat boland fieldhouse that's the broncos training facility in case you won't weren't familiar there games do start at 9 30 and then we'll probably end around two or so and a state champion a new state champion will be crowned so make sure you go ahead and support colorado high school football and support these great young athletes out here doing their thing and being pioneers on top of that i do want to give a quick shout out to coach schlager and coach win from uh, uh schlager from william woods university and coach win obviously from kansas west Wesleyan University, you know, they came out and scouted these girls and we really appreciate their interest in these fantastic athletes. But like I said, go support Colorado High School football this weekend here. Support these girls as this will be the last weekend that you can, at least this year. And we will catch you there and hopefully see you later.